Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. John Lamoureux. From the, <laughs> from the hustle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about, I'm? hi, I'm John Lamoureux. Hi. Hey, everybody. John Lamoureux here. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll keep it. Okay. We'll keep it. Uh, John, you're here again. You were here a couple months ago. We did a soft sounds of the 70s. We did. And that, that was, was fun. It was fun. It was beautiful. And, and tonight, inspired by you. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, because you had Liberty DeVito on mm-hmm. your show. I did. Drummer for the Billy Joel Band. Mm-hmm. Drummed on all the classic stuff. He did. He's very much the Kenny Aronoff of Billy Joel. Kenny is to Mellencamp as Liberty is to Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe that this guy, uh, Liberty... Like the way Kenny is with uh, John Fogarty. I can't believe that no one snatched up Kenny that Aronoff. Was, I mean, not Kenny Aronoff. Liberty, Liberty that was, I, and I asked him that very question. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Because, I mean, I think about, like, I got laid off a few months ago. and But so I can go get a similar job. Yeah. pays similarly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've reached this certain plateau in my career. Yeah. L- guys like Liberty, for whatever reason, can't do that. And I, I understand that there's there's only so many of those jobs to be had. Right. But it, wouldn't you love to have Liberty DeVito as your drummer? Yes. You know what I mean? If you're Jackson Brown Just or somebody. Just the name's cool. I know. So I'm, I'm really baffled by that. Like, why do you not get some comparable at, sort of yeah. job? I don't... And it, it can't be it can't be his age because you you have audition him then if you mm-hmm. have to. Right. And see, like Kenny Aronoff is like in better shape than anyone i've ever Very seen true mm-hmm. unbelievable mm-hmm. so uh but yeah liberty is such a great drummer and his well you'll hear it tonight his drums are such an integral part of this billy joel sound i agree yeah and so we're gonna do an entire billy joel episode yeah we've both seen hired gun we have billy mm-hmm. joel does not come across as a good dude did you did I mean, was that shocking to you? Because it really wasn't. It wasn't to me, but it, but the extent of I didn't know I didn't know that the bass player committed suicide mm-hmm. be, because of losing his job with right. Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why, right? I mean, I, I, I think I, I think so. I, I kind of asked again, Liberty, something similar. Like, was there a history of depression there at least? And he yeah. said that a little bit, but that yeah. this was really the thing that pushed him over the edge. Rock and Peace, Doug Stegmeyer. That's right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that Billy Joel band was like was like Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band. You would think, yeah. I mean, they were a band of brothers. They I totally came, agree. They, they once Billy Joel got those guys, that was the sound. Yeah. That was, you know, and then they had then they had Phil Ramone mm-hmm. producing, and that was. So it's just so strange. It I is. bet Billy Joel has regrets, though. You think I? Uh, I, I wonder about that. Two th- two thoughts on this specifically. Number one, what a bummer it is too for those guys, considering what Billy's career is now, playing like one show a month, 
that sells out mm-hmm. and makes bank. Yep. And what I mean, what a great gig to have in the twilight of your career to just yep. play like one giant show. And all the guys who helped get him there don't get to partake in any of that. No. Russell Javers, the guitarist, he's a toy maker in like Japan or something like that now. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then because uh, he's in the hired gun. Yes. And he he looks great. Yes. But yeah, I, it's just it's. Uh, it's so sad that they, you know, don't get to partake in any of this. And oh, I was going to tell you one other thing <clears throat> about Billy. I don't know if you read this article that came out in Vulture uh, a few months ago, where he's not. he's sort of um, responding to hired gun in there, and he mm-hmm. makes this claim that he said, "Well, uh, Liberty knows why he got fired, Be- and he knows that if I say anything, if I say why it really happened, it would ruin his life." And Liberty mentioned that to me. In the interview, he said, yeah, I read this article on Vulture lately that it would ruin my life. And Liberty's like, what in the world could it possibly be? He said, did, what, are, is he going to tell me that Bernard Purdy came in and overdid all my drum parts? And yeah. it, he has no idea. That's what he told me. And I'm yeah. some nobody with a podcast. But right. that's what he told me. I have no idea what Billy Joel would be talking now, about. And, uh, I don't even want to. So if, if Liberty had done something terrible on tour or something, right. Liberty would remember that. That's what and you he, would think. And he would... He would he would yeah. be very scared of what of that threat. But Billy Joel, you can also you can also say anything. I I could say, oh, man, I tell you, Lamoureux did something that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. What would he do? Well, I don't want to say. Well, you know, and so uh, that, you would think Liberty, if Liberty like cheated on his wife or yeah. did some crazy thing, that was like thirty it, years it would ago. Have to be worse than cheating because he's not with that woman exactly. anymore. That's anyway. what I was just going to say. He's been divorced several times. Like, what could still be out there? That he doesn't want anyone to know. You know what I mean? And From, it would be out there. Yeah, yeah. Now it would be out there. I, I Someone don't, would know it. There's more than just Billy Joel that would know it. Yeah. Nah, okay. I don't know. Well, that's... Well, I saw Billy Joel. Have you ever seen him in concert? I only saw him once. I got a little story about this. Uh, what so, year? This would have been about 2000. Tell me. 2000. <laughs> Calm down. It was okay. about 2000, 2001. Um, as you know, I grew up in Salt Lake City. And mm. you know, bands didn't come through Salt Lake City very often. Yeah. It's a little better now. But he came once, <clears throat> and um, it was it was a blast. I was up in the nosebleeds. Uh, but I, interesting story: my wife saw him a few years earlier in the early '90s when she and her friend were in high school, and they had nosebleed seats. And my wife's pretty hot, and her friend's pretty hot. Yeah. And they're walking up to their nosebleed seats. Mm-hmm. They're 16, 17 years old, and somebody comes and says, "No, no, no, wait. Billy likes to sing to pretty girls." Mm-hmm. Would you two like to come sit down on the front row? Creepy. And so they went and sat on the front row. That's great. And there was, you know, he comes down, he's, mm-hmm. you know, giving them five or whatever, and they're losing their whatever. And uh, that sounded like losing their tops. That's not what I mean. Losing their losing shit their, or whatever. Losing their shit. Yeah, you know. So losing yeah. their minds. Losing their minds. There you go. <clears throat> so there, yeah. So Billy, I have another story relating to this, but Billy's a little bit of a skeevy, slimy guy. <laughs> Well, that's why he's been married so many times. Right. I saw him in 83, 86, and 89. Goodness. And then I didn't see him again until for 28 years. And then I saw him in 2017 at Dodger Stadium. Mm. And he was great every single time. Really? The only difference with 2017 was the band was great because mm-hmm. they're great rehearsed musicians. But there's no... There's no f- Feel. There's, mm-hmm. It's a little generic. Sure. 
But he was great, mm-hmm. and he was more self-deprecating and funnier than I had ever seen. Really, him. he was really good that That's way. That's great. Okay. But yeah, I saw him in Innocent Man tour with uh, with my girlfriend Beth Nosick. Then I saw on the Bridge tour with my best friend Laurie Dangle. Then I saw the Stormfront tour with my friend Lee Clement and his fiance Roseanne. <laughs> and then I saw them in 2018 with my wife. Peter there you go. Alexander. There you go. Um, and then we saw, what I'm going to compare this to is we saw, we just saw Elton John in February. Mm-hmm. And Billy Joel kicked Elton John's ass. Really? Because for, even though they're both behind the piano, Billy Joel seemed to be able to be more of a showman. Really? Even now? I, I even, haven't seen him in a while, now, but he's, even he's older, now. he's pudgy. You know what I'm saying? Like, does he even get up and move? Does he, he have much energy? Yeah, he did some Okay, good. But I mean, just his, El, this is Elton's farewell tour. Mm-hmm. So all the stage patter was very, thank you. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm okay. so grateful. And you know, it's so a little maudlin. Mm-hmm. Well, Billy mm-hmm. Joel, I don't think is yeah. going to quit doing what he's doing until... right. He dies. True. So he was. No reason. He was, you know, yeah. you know, and then Pink came out and sang New York State really? of Mind. Axl Rose came out and they did Highway to Hell. I mean, it was insane. See, this is the stuff that happens in LA, in LA that doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes you're in LA, like every time I've seen Neil Diamond here, I always thought, is Barbara Streisand going to come out and <laughs> sing You Don't Bring Me Flowers? And yeah. that never happened. No. Never. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, he was phenomenal every time. I Good. mean, every single time he Good. was great. So uh, luckily I did get to see Liberty play three times. Good. I so. never have. So what is your, what is your story? Um, <clears throat> well, I'm going to, I'm going to save the skeevy slimy story until mm-hmm. later. Cause it relates to one of the songs that I picked on here. In okay. fact, knowing that you've seen him so many times, I'm curious if he told the same story to you. Cause it's a story he told when I saw him in concert. All right. So when are you going to tell this? When it comes up? When it comes to uh, Stormfront. By the way, uh, Craig Smith, uh, he Craig Smith, our friend Craig Smith, Uh podcaster, he recently did a uh, a Billy Joel episode. He did. He does the greatest impression of a Bruce Springsteen song (laughs) that I've ever heard. It is so fun. He does a count, and then he does like a sax. He does it's seriously. I was Mm -hmm. cracking up. Every time he would do it, and I gotta, I gotta actually pull it and just play it in a loop in my head. Yeah. Maybe that'll be my gym, my treadmill tune. Would just be Craig <laughs> doing his. Yeah. So seek that out. Seek out his Billy Joel episode, and then seek that out. Craig's and then great. listen to, um, listen to the hustle with uh, John Lamro with uh, Liberty Devito. Craig hates me because uh, my least favorite album is Nylon Curtain, and that's his favorite. We've so. we've texted about that. He goes, He's, you really? He, yeah, he said that's insane, right? And I go, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> oh my! God. So we'll. Uh, it's incestuous, wow. like I said. It, is. it really that. is. Yeah. But uh, so Billy Joel has thirteen proper studio albums okay so we're gonna cover all those mm-hmm. and you picked a couple of the live some live songs that we'll throw in i yeah. didn't pick those but i do have like i have some b-sides there's not many b-sides mm, i don't have any of those and i have some uh i have a couple of soundtrack things here and there depending okay. on how long the episode's going yeah and we could this the live stuff isn't crucial but there are one is i think his finest moment and liberty's finest moment okay in all of everything okay and one uh from uh songs in the attic is sort of a sentimental thing and songs in the attic is an amazing live album sure is it's it's very it's um it's all the songs that didn't catch fire in their studio versions live and mm-hmm. they're just amazing they really are yeah all right so let's start with the first album came out in november 1st 1971 
Cold Spring Harbor. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear this album album until it was finally released on CD many, many, many years later. When mm-hmm. was it? I don't even know when it was. I don't know. Maybe 80. Uh, well, uh, I mean, you know the story on this one because it was supposedly mastered at the wrong speed. Yeah, so he sounds a little chip, I, chip I, monkey. I've got to be honest. I, I've never known whether to even count this one exactly because... He seems to dismiss it. He does. And I'm never sure if I'm hearing the right version or not, right. you know? You would think that by you would think that by now in 2019 the right version would be there would be out. Is it? That's my question. I'm not 100% sure if it is. I'm not sure if it is either. Yeah. I just have the I know the CD that was eventually released and that's yeah. what I listened to. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um I like every song on this first album. I think it's great. I really do too. I love yeah. every single song mm-hmm. in it and so I'm going to be doing this with this, these albums. I give this album a 10 out of 10. It's got 10 songs. And I like all 10 songs. Yeah, I'd probably go th- seven, three and a half. But you like every song, so why wouldn't it I, be a 10? Yeah, you're right. Well, it's, it's the degree to which I like these songs. Okay. You know right. what I mean? So yeah, I'd probably say three and a half, four stars. All right, let's kick it off. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, yeah, so I, for each one of these albums, I picked two songs. You asked me to pick two songs. Yes. And I have an alternate just in case we have a crossover. Mm-hmm. And for this one, I'm going to go with You Can Make Me Free. You can make me free. You can make me smile. You can make me be. Like a little child, you can melt the ice that chills my body. You can dry my every tear. You can make the lonely hours disappear. You can make me free. You can make me rise. You can make me see. So open up my eyes. Don't you know my only real moment? Now, I, to my ear, I don't know if that's sped up or if that's just a young Billy Joel. Right, same. And I wonder too, like, is the sped up thing something that he hears and is obvious to him, but right. wouldn't be obvious to somebody, right. some you know, bystander like us? Unless it was really sped exactly. up. Exactly, and I don't think that, it was, so I never know. You but can I, be free, you can be right. smile. <laughs> you got to add that to the repertoire, that's good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Spit this album Billy is Joel. great. It, it, assuming I'm hearing yeah. what I'm supposed to hear, it's really yeah. good, you know? Well, I'm going to go with uh, my first song is, uh, it, was, it was a hit from um, Songs in the Attic, yeah. but this is the original studio version of She's Got Away. It's great. She's got a way about her. See, that sounds fine to me. It does me too. I don't know what it is. But I know that I can't live without her She's got a way of pleasing I don't know what it is But there doesn't have to be a reason anyway She's got a smile that heals me I don't Billy Joel is a great lyricist. He is. I mean, I... She's got a smile that heals me. Yeah. Something Simple. I've always appreciated about him too is that he sings clearly. You mm-hmm. can tell what the lyrics are. Yes. Let me ask you, what what version, uh, did you buy this in iTunes? Did you rip this from the CD? They, um, 
when did it come out? They 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 remastered the whole thing again in yeah. like 2014. Okay. And um, Sony sent me uh, high end uh, okay. MP3s of, of everything. Because that's a, I've never bought this album yeah. for the same reasons we've been talking about. Yeah. And so getting ready to talk to you, I've only ever listened to it like on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And um, the version that I listened to on Spotify sounds a little sped up compared to what we just. So heard. maybe maybe this is this only is legit. slightly though. You yeah. know, like and is this psychosomatic? Am I mm-hmm. am I telling myself I'm hearing this because you know? Anyway, well, I can send you this. Uh, it's not bad. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's okay. good. It's very good. I like it. All right. Uh, one more. One more for, for one more for you. One more for me. Okay. This would this would have been um, one of my choices. Really? Yeah. Everybody loves you now. Yes. This it's is such, so, good. so great. Yeah. Turn on you. Now you're in the center of the stage. Everything revolves on what you do. Ah, you were in your prime, you've come of age. And you can always have your way somehow. Cause everybody loves you now. You can walk away from your mistakes. Now, this album is, this is just, that's not liberty. No, but you could, but you can hear how Liberty yeah. could can wail on this. Exactly, song. agreed. Uh, and I'm pretty sure these are just all studio musicians. Yeah, brought in for this young guy. Uh, his, I mean, I'm you know that piano playing is intense. That it's is intense. so talent. That's a huge talent there. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, like I mean that that's someone's fingers making yeah. all that noise. The same, you know, and the same with Elton. They're just yeah. two amazing. They really are piano players. Yeah, they really are. Like. El- Elton and Billy don't play keyboard. They no. play the piano. Right. right. Um, my brother uh, tells the story. He was in, uh, I think it was 1976. He was a freshman in college, 76, 77, at, uh, at Clarion. And um, uh, Billy Joel was playing at his college. Really? And it was like five bucks. And they were like... <laughs> And they didn't know who he was, oh, so they didn't go. Oh no! He said, in the year later, he was everywhere. Because I think he was touring with Turnstiles. That is so painful. Yeah, stuff like that. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Um, yeah. So this was very hard to pick songs uh, for this show because, again, I said I like every song on this album, so it was it was just difficult. Mm-hmm. And so the one I fell on was uh, "Got to Begin Again." Good. Well, so here I am at the end of the road Where do I go from here? I always figured it would be like this Still nothing seems to be quite clear All the words have been spoken And the prophecy fulfilled But I just can't And I should go to sleep But tomorrow I will wake up and I'll know That I've got to begin again It's nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Though I don't know how to start Yes, I've got to begin again Are we going to play the whole song? And it's hard It seems like it. <laughs> I just wanted to get to that part, and it's hard. Oh, sorry, so, I stepped uh, on your. No, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, it's just uh, 
I mean, the, these lyrics and, yeah. and this could be about many, many things. It could be about addiction. It uh-huh. could be about someone broke up with you and you right. just have to, you know, you gotta, you gotta get in gear. You gotta, it could be about death of a loved one. It could right. be about so many things. You gotta begin again. And yeah. it's hard. It's so um, simple. That's what I mean. Some, some of the, um, the themes sometimes are just so simple, but the way mm-hmm. he phrases it or writes lyrics about it, it's, it's incredible. I agree. John Sorry. just knocked the thing out of his headphones. <laughs> Are they on? Are they working? Yeah, I'm right, good. Sorry back. about that. Made a mistake. No one knew it until I said about it. <laughs> Your face was hysterical. And you're like, oh, darn. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Wah, wah. Yeah. I come uh, here and I screw it up. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, lyrics are going to play a part in a song that I'm pitching. I'm picking later. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, he, it, it, I have to be honest, we're heaping all this praise on him and in a little bit, I'm going to start going the other direction. That's okay. It's fine. Yeah. The other direction. Um, so the next album is, uh, is really what people for the longest time knew as the first album mm-hmm. and it's Piano Man mm-hmm. and it sold 4 million copies. Did it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I don't know at the time how many it sold, mm-hmm. but you know it's sure. it sold four four million since. And the the title track is the playout song mm-hmm. tonight because it's it's kind of his signature song, right? Uh, what would Elton John's signature song be? Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Uh, probably your song. Oh yeah, your song. You know what and I mean? That's terrific. It is terrific. Yeah. I think he has better songs, but um, yeah. yeah, I would say probably your song. Your song is a song that Billy Joel could have written too. It's very. very true. It's very. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So anyway, Piano Man. And uh, I remember, I think I got this album through the uh, Columbia Records and Tape mm-hmm. Club. And I, I was so like scared of this album cover. <laughs> he because, does look ghostly. And then on the back, it's like the same picture, but the, uh, the mm. it's white on the back. And it's just so, because he's, he's always had those like heavy lids and, yeah. and baggy underneath mm-hmm. his eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's probably 20 or no, I don't know how old he is. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this album really creeped me out. And then... Uh, Captain Jack's on and he says, masturbate. No, I know. Like, what Isn't that the freaky? hell? Yes. Like, what the hell did he say? Yes. Your sister's home. She's on so a date. Provo- you just sit at home. I'm like, what so the provocative. F-? And um, let me go through these songs. I got to be honest. This is a 10 out of 10 for me. I love this one. I like, yeah, every, this is single, one of my I like every single song in this album. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're going to kick it off, John. So what do you got? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play You're My Home, um, which is just beautiful. I, I think of this album, and probably especially this song, this is really him being John Denver, you know, we talked about John Denver before and he's finding himself. This sounds like John Denver at the time. This sounds like early Elton John at the time. All those guys are still sort of searching for their voice and looking for touchstones that are out there like John Denver. I like what he's doing. I'll do something similar. It's great. When you look into my eyes and you see the crazy gypsy in my soul it always comes as a surprise When I feel my withered roots begin to grow Well, I never had a place that I could call my very own But that's all right, my love, cause you're my home When you touch my weary head great doesn't that sound just like a something you talk about your song being a billy song absolutely. that sounds like a john denver song absolutely and uh, a couple guys who play on this album went on to uh be in uh neil diamond's touring band for years richard bennett on guitars and ron tut on drums 
And again, just, this is just studio musicians on these mm-hmm. albums. He doesn't really have his own band yet, but that's okay. <clears throat> and uh, my first song is going to be... Now, because we have some crossovers, this might be, uh, this might be tricky. Because I had You're My Home oh. also, but okay. I removed it from your list. Oh. See what I mean? Yeah. So what's, your, what's the next song you're, you were going to play? Ain't No Crime. Ain't No Crime. Okay, yeah. cool. So then I will play Traveling Prayer. Good. I, one of us needed yeah. to. Yeah. This kicks off the album. It does. Hey, Lord, would you look out for her tonight? Cause she is far across the sea. Hey, Lord, would you look out for her tonight and make sure that she's gonna be alright and things are gonna be alright with me? Traveling hey, Prayer was a single, it went to number 77. Oh. That I, that's a that one's a lot of fun, and it I don't think he has anything else in his entire catalog that sounds quite like that. No, you know what I mean? No, I think there's a mouth harp solo in there. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, your next one, I love this one. Yeah. Oh, sorry, ain't no crime. Ain't no crime. Yeah. Just like you're you're in a saloon. It sounds like, but I love it. Or a church. Or a church. Gospelly. Yeah, you know? you're right. I love those background singers. Yeah. This is really this is really an FM hit album because there's no hit singles on this. Even Piano Man only went to number 25. Mm-hmm. I mean that's top 40, but yeah. this is but I mean this has you know, Piano Man and Ballad of Billy the Kid and Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. This is really like a, this is an album. This it is really an is. album listening experience for sure. It's interesting because uh, the so-called success of Piano Man greatly affects the next album that mm-hmm. we're going to talk about. Yeah. You probably know that story too, but um, because Piano Man was starting to get traction, the record label was like, we need something right away. And he, did you hear him on Alec Baldwin's podcast? Do you ever listen to that? Here's I have thing. listened, but I haven't listened to that episode yet. It is great. It is a it is so insightful, and he like you said, okay. self de- so self deprecating, mm-hmm. just tells it like it is. Good, and uh, yeah, he's like, I didn't have the songs. That's why there's two instrumentals on there, yeah. and um, I like Street Life Serenade. I, it feels we're, we're not there yet. Oh, though. oh, we're not because oh, I have sorry, one sorry, more. Sorry. I have oh, worse comes to worst. Okay. Today I'm living like a rich man's son. Tomorrow morning. 
I love the sometimes part. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice yep. little dose of magic. The, uh, yeah, Piano Man. It's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. That was, uh, that was also released in a, in a two-disc set. I think there's a, the second disc is a live album that maybe mm. was recorded at a radio station. It's pretty really? cool. Okay. But, okay, so we're on to Street Life Serenader. These next two albums are albums that I didn't, I owned everything. These are the last two things I owned. Mm. I don't think I picked these up until Songs in the Attic. Because mm. I was, I would look at those and go, I don't really know these songs. I, I didn't really like either the album covers. Those didn't make me want to buy the album. Are you talking like in real time? So what what album did you come to in real time? Like discover him and be like, I'm buying this, and I'm a fan from now on. I, the first album I, I mean, I was aware from the Stranger on, mm-hmm. and then I knew the I knew songs from Piano Man. Yeah. But uh, Glass Houses was the first one mm. I bought. Okay. 1980. And then I went, then I think I got The Stranger. Mm-hmm. And then then I think I got the Piano Man album, then 52nd Street. And, mm. th- and then then I think Songs in the Attic came out. And after mm-hmm. that, I went and got the other two. Okay. And okay. then I was all caught up. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, but even after Glass Houses and The Stranger... And 52nd Street, I still didn't go buy those other two. And really? the yeah. albums, those were probably, those were catalog mm-hmm. copies. They were probably like $4.99 at National Record Mart or whatever. But. Right, right. All right, so we're moving to uh, Street Life Serenader. Yeah. Is it Serenader or Serenade? It is Street Life Serenade. Oh. I think I've always called it Street Life Serenade. I was wondering if I was doing it wrong. No, Street Life Serenade. I, okay. I've always called it Street Life Serenader. Really? I wonder why. Oh, Does he sing? Is that in the lyrics? Does he say Street Life Serenader? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. So that's why I say okay. the album Street Life Serenade. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. All okay. Right. Um, anyway, I was going to say, yeah, so this, this album's nice. It's a little flimsy. It, it feels like quickly tossed off. This is what I've got. Take it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's got, um, let me think, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I only I only really like about four songs. If push comes to shove, maybe five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, this isn't what right. I listen to a lot. Yeah, I agree. It's almost kind of background. Music. It's great though. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, I picked at, one of the instrumentals. I went with Mexican Connection, and if you want, cue it up to like forty three seconds. With record labels back then, don't you don't you want to work that Piano Man album until you get the last you know breath out of that thing? That's what I always wonder too. Um, yeah, like why do you need a new album right away? Can't yeah. you just 
pro- continue to promote some other single off the mm-hmm. traveling off the Piano Man album? What do you need that for? I've said this before. Tapestry came out for Carol King in February, I believe. And she had another album out the same year in December. It was oh like, gosh. no, Tapestry, you worked yeah. that for three years. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Exactly. Um, <laughs> but this, uh, yeah, this has uh, two instrumentals. Mm-hmm. It's got a song, Souvenir, that's two minutes long. Mm-hmm. I mean, the album clock's in at 37 minutes. It's very, yeah, it, it yeah. is very lightweight. Yeah. But uh, I do have songs from it, including uh, a song called Roberta, which I I read the lyrics and I think it, is it about a prostitute or is it about a, or is it about a, someone that's rich and he can't afford it's um I don't know you I don't know to, this album it, well enough I I do like this is I do love this song Roberta you say you know me but I see only what your pain to Some signature Billy Joel stuff in it there. It sure though. does, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. I like yeah. that song a lot. That's one of the. That would be one of the four I like. Mm. What's your next one? You don't like that one? <clears throat> uh, it's a it's a little little flimsy. I wouldn't put it in my top okay. half or whatever. I don't dislike it. Um, it doesn't offend me or anything, but it's not a favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, but I I'm gonna go with Los Angelinos. Yeah, it's great. Um, which it, the live version? I remember hearing because I heard songs from the Adam before all this when I was a little boy, and I remember the version on there. Just the way he said that, with that like grit to his voice, mm-hmm. was almost a little too much for me as a okay. little ten-year-old boy or yeah. whatever. But uh, when you listen to the now, I love it, and when you listen to the album version, it's just right. And me. we're and we're in Los Angeles. We are so tonight. We do it. Tonight we are both Los Angelinos. That's right. <laughs> Got to be careful what I say lately because I've been saying songs are great and then I will get a text from Alexi Lawless that will be like, do you really like that song? That song stinks. And really? I'll be like, mm, did I say I liked it? <laughs> so <laughs> You feel like you have to please Alexi Lawless? Well, uh, sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, like on the Billy Joel episode, and the Billy, sorry, Billy Squire episode, we played uh, the, Billy's Squire song from Fast Times at Ridgemont High 
And Suzanne said, I'm so glad you played it. And I said, yeah, it's great. Uh-huh. And I mean, I don't know if I really feel that that's a great song, but I think I was just being polite because oh, my really? friend said, I'm uh-huh. glad you played it. Uh-huh. So sometimes that's where it comes from. Huh. That's you one know? of my favorite Billy songs. So I was glad you said that because I thought, oh, good. Someone else is feeling me on this. Well, I, I don't know if I like it or yeah, not. Yeah, okay. I, I don't do. know if I do or not. Okay. I want to say... Uh, I just don't want to be wishy-washy yeah, either. I understand. You know what I mean? I understand. But Alexi's calling me out. God damn it, Alexi. <laughs> We're going to do a foreigner episode with Alexi. Are you Alex. really? Yeah. That'll be fun. I have to say, you guys did that uh, Brian Adams episode, mm-hmm. and I think it was, if I can say humbly, I think it was partly inspired by my Keith Scott oh, it did, Oh, no. It was yeah. 100% was inspired by you. That, uh, that was a great episode. That Keith was. Scott. Yes. Excellent and, uh, episode. Paul Underwood did that one too. That meant a lot to me. And oh, was, Paul did that one? He did. Mm, I give it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. That was awesome. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, that was really touching to me to think that you and Alexi, we this both, guy who yeah. I really respect, not you so much, but Alexi, Alexi. I really respect. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the thought that you're listening to something I did and it, you know, sparked some activity. That's really it, humbling. Yeah. It was cool. Cause we, we were going to do Bon Jovi and I go, let's I put Bon Jovi aside. We'll do Brian Adams. Yeah. So. You have to admit after, uh, into the fire, it gets rough to talk about Brian Adams. Oh, his brand new album. That's just out. Shine a light or yes. something. I haven't heard it yet. Hmm. Yeah. Hello. Is it bad? Mm, the first song I love, and I was like, here we go. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, then the next song is a duet with J-Lo. And I was like, hmm. What? All right, we'll get it back here. And then it just never, it's like there's like two songs I like. Yeah. I've only listened once. Okay. But there's only two songs I like. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I don't understand. It, it's like, kind of like we were talking, is Brian Adams not the guy that we thought he was? Because he's, we love him for cuts like a knife. I think he reckless. needs. I think he should just write with Jim Valance. I do. Well, I do too. And so it's like, was he some trend chaser? You know, he's right. J Lo. You know, okay, J Lo. But that's the, those of us who love Brian Adams. That's not what we want from Brian Adams. No, no. And he patently refuses to be that Brian Adams. Yeah. Why? Because he's rich. He doesn't need to be. I guess. But so then who's the real Brian Adams? The one we fell in love with? I mean, when he tours, he plays the hits. He doesn't he does. shy away. I know. I saw him last summer in, at Red Rocks. It was amazing. But it, he hasn't been the guy we love for so long. But I think he still is on stage. Yes. And he, why he, not? Look, he looks great. He does. He's in great shape. The band wears all black. They yeah. Look cool. He's thin. It looks it looks great. Yeah. And he rocks and he sounds good. I just so, want my old Brian back. And it, he, I, I feel like he's defiantly not being that guy. And I want to know you why. You think he could still write those type of songs? I think he could if, if he, he wanted wants. To. But instead, so he, he's, he's more interested in being like a male, almost Celine Dion or something. And that's, that's not a knock against Celine Dion. But no. if Celine Dion was Brian Adams, you'd want her to stay that way. Right. Yeah, you know? true. So anyway, sorry. It's rough. It's, you know, cause excuse me, I'm burping. A lot of the veteran artists, like you're like, ah, why aren't, why can't they write like Uh that anymore? I don't know if it's it because they, you know, when you, when you write, when you write some of that rock from a place of you're sleeping on your friend's couch and all that stuff and you really want it. And now you're, yeah. I mean, who still, who still, could can, could do that was I, I mean I feel Tom Petty was still doing it you know what I mean maybe I'm not the Tom Petty fan that you guys all are I was more like a greatest I thought guy. you were gonna say I'm not the Tom Petty fan that you guys think I am 
<laughs> um, I know what you mean you. though, because you know, like yeah. sometimes Bruce can still do it, and then yeah. then sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't like this album yeah. at all. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, of an Who artist still got that's it. still consistent. There's probably like somebody that that I'm forgetting. I, I yeah. it's uh, I don't know. I um, it would probably I, be someone that we don't know, like the, the general public doesn't care about. Yeah. But you're like. You know, Nick Lowe really, still does yeah, really it or like, whatever. That's true. I love yeah. Nick Lowe. But yeah, it's some little guy, yeah. you know, who's never lost exactly. his street cred or whatever. All but, right. Well, my next song from Street Life, Serenade, mm-hmm. is, uh, was the single. And I've always liked this song. Uh, I think it's fun. It's The Entertainer. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an endorsement at all. No, I love the song. It was great. I'm the entertainer. Been all around the world. I played all kinds of Girls, I can't remember faces, I don't remember names. Ah, but what the hell, you know, it's just as well. Cause after a while and a thousand miles, it all becomes the same. This song is great until that line where he says that just sit in the discount rack like another can of beans. Mm. It's like he. It's like he's like I, I don't I can't think of another line. This is fine. It's just like like another can of be- like the whole. Yeah. I love the whole song, mm-hmm. and uh, I really used to love this song when I was uh, on the road doing stand up. Really, I mean, I wasn't playing all kinds of palaces and I wasn't uh-huh. laying all kinds of girls, but it just got me going. Like yeah. uh, like oh tonight, yeah, I'm I'm hey, I'm the feature act on the show tonight. Sure. I'm second, I'm second, you know, it's a headline. I'm, I'm second on the bill. Yeah. I'm yeah. the entertainer, you know. So um. Yeah, I do like that song. And again, there's not, I don't like a lot of songs on this album, but that's yeah. definitely, definitely. Boy, there. you, you kind of opened the door there, Pat. We don't have to get too far into this. I'm sure your parent, your kids listen to this just like my mom and my, they, my they mother-in-law and my they, they don't wife. Listen. Um, were there crazy times? I mean, did you have like a comedy groupie or, oh, um, n- girlfriends or like come party with us or, um, for most of the time I was on the road, I had a, I had a girlfriend who also did stand up oh, okay. and, um, so we were both, you know, I would be, and then we would reconvene yeah. in Chicago. I, I think I dated her for about two and a half of my six years in comedy. No, I was, um, I would do my it show. Like that. Not for me. It okay. was for uh, 80% of the guys mm-hmm. at my level, at uh-huh. my age range. Not my thing. I like to, I like to hang out. I like to hang out a little, talk to some mm-hmm. cute people, some yeah. cute people, like both <laughs> people. But cute dudes. Whatever. But, um, you know, a lot of times it would be like, uh, back to the hotel, order pizza and watch whatever. I so to watch here's the, here's the, here's a, a pointed question. Mm-hmm. Was there, was that an option? I mean, were you seeing if you wanted, could you have hooked up with comedy groupies oh. or is it more like I just didn't attract those kind of people no, or no, I no, didn't no. play those kinds of pl- yes, clubs? You, you could. Yes. Okay. Because other guys did it all the time. Yeah, it just wasn't, it just wasn't what yeah. I wanted to do. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't, in, in, in the comedy circle, I couldn't, couldn't really cheat yeah. on my girlfriend sure. who was doing stand up. They all knew her. Cause yeah. yeah, I, and I would know if she would mm-hmm. be doing something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but, um, but yeah, when I wasn't, when I was single doing comedy, yeah, there were, there were, yeah, women. And if you, you had a good show. Yeah. 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 Okay. Definitely. Okay. Sometimes it'd be older, you know, older women. And when I, you know, <laughs> I'm in, I'm 25, you know, uh-huh. and there's like 39, 40 year old, but it just wasn't, I just didn't, okay. it wasn't. Okay. But some guys were in it for that. Sure, of course. Sure. And, to, and for free drinks. Yeah. I, I didn't really drink that much either. Okay. I, you know, not when I was doing a show. Yeah. 
Okay. So, yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah. Not my not kind my of thing. culture that was in. Okay. I remember I, I remember there would be <laughs> so funny, like headliners would go, You're gonna stay and watch my show? And I'd be like, no, no, I'm not, not really. Why not? I'm like, I just you know, yeah. what are you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wanna go back to the hotel. Yeah. Or you room know, service. When you were the opener, you had to because you were hosting the show. So yeah. you had to stay there the whole time. One right. of the perks of being the feature is you hopefully hit it out of the park, right. leave them wanting more, and then you head right. out. Um, totally unrelated, but it reminded mm-hmm. me I had Ian Anderson on my podcast. For that's, the big. Toll. that's pretty big. Yeah, I only got like 15, 20 minutes, unfortunately, and I, I love him and I love mm-hmm. parts of Jethro Toll a lot. But anyway, uh, in my, I asked him, I said, if this were all to go away and all the success and all the money were to go away, what part of being successful would you miss absolutely the most? And he gave an answer I will never forget. He said, my favorite thing in the world is after a show, go back to my hotel room, strip off all my clothes, <laughs> lay on the bed with a beer, and watch TV. And he said, yep. that's what I would miss most of all. So when you were talking about going back to the hotel, I'm imagining Ian Anderson, <laughs> you know, with a cold beer, watching CNN, just drinking. I used, to, I used to travel with a portable, like if I was at a club for a week, uh-huh. so I was at the same hotel for a week, and it was, you know, a Red Roof Inn or something didn't have like a, a gym or something. Right. I traveled with a portable exercise bike that would fit in the back. If I put the seat down and the bars down, it would, it would, it would fit in the back of my oh car. My and I would put that, because all the rooms had two double beds, and it would go right between the beds. And I would, uh, yeah, I would, <laughs> I, would, I would ride You're my insane. exercise bike. And I know, it's stupid. But wow. It, and I would, eat a, I would eat a pizza, a whole pizza every night. Well, you go, oh, that's you, why you get on the bike is so yeah, you can eat the pizza. So you can eat the, and you're that's 25, right. so yeah, you can eat true. the pizza. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're still on uh, Street Life Serenade. It's your second song. No, I did Los Angelinos. So I think and, we're on oh, Turnstiles. Oh, and you did, and you did uh, Mexican Connection. Yes. And, we're on Turnstiles. And I did Entertainment and Roberta. So yeah. yes, we are okay. on Turnstiles. <clears throat> so this is where Liberty and those other guys start uh, popping up is on this album. This is where I, I, you probably agree, this is where I think Billy Joel starts to come into his own as the Billy Joel that we know. Yeah, this... Um, he moves back to New York from LA, hence Turnstiles. Mm-hmm. It's a very New York thing. He starts to kind of get more in touch with himself, I think, yeah. anyway. Yep. This is a great album too, although it does have... There's two songs I don't like on this. Yeah. I don't like, I've never liked New York State of Mind. Mm. I just, I don't know mm. why. It's like a classic. Like I think yeah. Barbara Streisand's recorded, so many mm. people have recorded it. I just don't like it. I like it fine. I'll, I'll be honest. This is, and this is going to feed into my criticism of Billy, which we're going to get to here eventually. I feel I'm so, I'm tired of the hits. There are very few of these hits. You mean in 2019, you're tired in of In 2019, hits. there are very few hits that we've heard a million times mm-hmm. that have not that are still magical to me. Most of them, I'm like, I get it, I've heard it. Well, see, New York State of Mind a million times. I don't need to hear it again. In preparing for this episode, like, you know, if you would have asked me a year and a half ago, do you like Billy Joel? I'd go, Oh my god, I love Billy Joel. Yeah. Say, and I'm saying that with I maybe haven't listened to Billy Joel for two years. Right. Same. But preparing for this episode, I was just like, Holy. Really? Yeah, Billy Joel. Yeah. See, I, I I agree with you, but I'm tired of the tired of the hits. Mm-hmm. In fact, my do- my daughter Georgia, who's about who's twelve. Georgia. Exactly. She uh she kind of discovered Billy Joel recently. We I had the greatest hits playing in the car. What, she like Captain Jack. <laughs> no, we skipped that one. <laughs> um, she loves Piano Man, and so she wants yeah. to hear Piano Man all the time. And my wife and I are like, 
We are so sick of that song. Please you, don't make us hear piano Are you sick man. of Bohemian Rhapsody? No, but I'm getting there. You know? My daughter loves Bohemian. She's yeah. even, she'll say, what does this mean? I go, I don't even know, honey. Yeah, and, I'll, no. and I'll say, that's the, the beauty of it is no one knows. Yeah. It, uh, I wouldn't say I'm sick of it to that degree, but I don't need to hear it for a while. Um, but yeah, my daughter's just like, can we listen to Piano Man? It's like, please <laughs> don't ask for Piano Man. She just loves a real estate novelist. She really does. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. the, the other song I don't like on here, let's see if we're, we're in agreement here. All You Want to Do is Dance. That's one of my picks. Is it? Yes. But um, there's a like reason that for one. that. I okay. think it's kind of fun. I picked it. Why don't we just go into it? And the reason being is that it's reggae and it's different. And, you know, it's, again, it, like Traveling Prayer. This yeah. is an outlier in his career and it's good. And Liberty sounds great on his reggae, you know, drumming. And so I thought that's different. Let's pick that. And Billy Joel self-produced this. Yeah. from hearing it right now in the headphones mm-hmm. i don't hate it but the two songs i named are at the bottom sure of, of i can the, see that for me of the eight songs yeah. that are on this album i'd give this album and street life serenade both probably sevens out of ten yeah three and a half i like this one so much more say goodbye to hollywood summer highland falls james angry young man i've loved these days miami i mean yeah. those are all mm-hmm. those are all now big in true, the in the true. in the set list yeah. so maybe that's why okay but i mean i i think these are great yeah but now when we're talking about the billy joel band we've got liberty devito on drums russell Javers on electric and acoustic guitars doug stegmeyer on bass and uh richie canada on mm-hmm. saxophones and clarinet and there's a, there's a couple other mm-hmm. studio musicians here and there but that's this is yeah this is the billy mm-hmm. joel band yeah this is um uh, you know, with the next album, they're actually going to be on the back cover. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is the. It's been a it's been a one man show for a while, but Richie Canada he leaves eventually, and then Mark he, Rivera takes over. Yes, yes. Is that with Innocent Man? Probably. Mm, anyway, I think it might. Well, we'll find out. Yes, yes, you're right. It's with Innocent Man. I'm that was pre- my. That was my Innocent Man was my upbringing. You know, so I always think mm-hmm. of Mark Rivera, Richie Canada. Sort of, uh, who's that? You know, I right, always right, think right. of Mark. But anyway, Richie Canada's a guy from the neighborhood. Of course. Hey. Hey, Richie's here. Hey, it's not great. It's not sauce. It's gravy. Hey, Richie, do you bring the canoles? Yeah, right. Uh, I went with Summer Highland Falls. They say that these are not the best of times. But they're the only times I've ever known. Again, that line gives me a chill. Mm-hmm. And I believe there is a time for meditation. In cathedrals of our own Now I have seen that sad surrender In my lover's eyes And I can only stand apart And sympathize For we are always what our situations hand us And see the sadness or euphoria So good. 
no Plus, cut and dry. It's either sadness or euphoria. And what a ballsy thing to say, yeah. you know, and it, to end that verse with sadness or euphoria. It's kind of a little bit of mouth, you know, it doesn't yep. roll off the tongue and yet it works. Yeah, what our situations <clears throat> hand us. It's either sadness or euphoria. Yeah. He's not wrong. No, sometimes. he's wise. He's insightful. I love it. Uh, well, that was one of my picks too, so I don't need to pick it. And so instead, I'm going to go with I've Loved These Days. Which is uh, just another great song. It really is. Yeah. Now we take our time so nonchalant and spend our nights so bon vivant. We dress our days in silk and rose. Liberty DeVito. That's Liberty. Slamming. Honestly, I mean, you notice a difference. Unbelievable. When this out with the sound is better, it's deeper, it's yeah. richer, and it's largely due to him and the, those other guys. Literally, if they would have went back and let Liberty record the drums in those other albums, oh, I would have been okay with it. Totally. I mean, totally. It's so it's so precise and yeah. hard, and I don't know how to describe drumming, but that's what I'm going to say. Me neither, and I think about this a lot because I'm not a musician, and so I'm not one of those people who always can pinpoint, oh, that's clearly Jimmy Page playing guitar, or that's clearly whoever, you know? Right. But you can often, his sound is quite, uh, compared to other drummers where there's not a lot of, always a lot of personality in the playing, you can sometimes pick him out, you know? Yep. yep. You notice him. He's great. And I also had, uh, I love these days. Okay. So we can move on okay. to the monster Yeah. that is the stranger because they bring in Phil Ramone. Now to round out the lineup, he ends up being, you know, George Martin mm -hmm. for Billy Joel. Yeah. I love it. It's like, it's like Scorsese is to De Niro as Phil Ramone is to Billy Joel. Very I mean, true. I, I love when people lock into like, a producer they like to work with mm -hmm. and, and keep working with that producer yeah. until it's time to move on. But sure. if the songs are still good and the sound is still good and the hits keep coming, why? He's great. They're the perfect change? pair. They yeah. really are. Mm -hmm. It's great. So this album, geez, this is, I wonder how many of this is sold. I got to look. How many things? Is this, is this one of those diamond ones that it's like I 10 wonder, million? Is it that high? I was going to guess around seven. Uh, it is RIAA Diamond Certified. Oh, it is. It's up there. Okay. 10 times platinum. Okay. And uh, I'm shocked that 52nd Street is 7 million. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. That's a ton. Okay. Uh, okay. So The Stranger. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with what might... The, for whatever reason, this is rising to the top is maybe my favorite Billy Joel song of all. And it's get it right the first time. It's a deep cut. It is. And again, going back to Liberty, he sounds awesome in this song. He really does. Yeah. <clears throat> this is one I forget about quite yeah. often until I hear it. Like, oh, yeah, this one. Though. 
I hope that looks don't deceive I ain't got time for true confessions Gotta make the move right now Got to meet that girl somehow Get it right the first time, that's the main thing Oh, I can't afford to let it pass You get it right the next time, that's not the same Love it. Yeah. Um... Billy Joel is to New York what Bruce Springsteen is to New Jersey, right? Absolutely, Absolutely. I would say so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bruce just might be a little bit more easygoing. <laughs> Maybe, a little bit. I think he's got to be. He yeah. seems like he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That can't all be a facade, or else we'd hear about Bruce Springsteen being a jerk. I don't think Bruce is a jerk. I do wonder, can Bruce be as humorless, humorously self-deprecating as Billy can be? Like you saying that, um, who would well, you? I think if you watch if you watch his um, uh, Springsteen on Broadway on Netflix, I haven't watched. You'll it yet. see some of that. Okay, he just seems a little uh, not uh, self serious, mm-hmm. whereas Billy can probably you could probably have a laugh. You I know? think I think Bruce Springsteen. I think I think Bruce Springsteen is more concerned with the world True. and the things yeah, happening around him. I'm yeah. not saying that Billy Joel probably doesn't raise money for charity, right. but Bruce puts it out there. You know, we're gonna tonight. You know, you're gonna yeah. look out there. You're gonna see. Uh, we're raising money for the LA food bank tonight. So if you got a couple extra bucks, uh, you can put it out there. You know How what many I mean? Extra bucks? Well, I hope more than four. What if I've got four? One, two, three. There they are. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I just feel um, yeah. yeah and I, I don't know. I don't know if Billy Joel is concerned with. I agree. I agree. Any, any other than what's in his backyard? Right. But who who do you want to sit in a diner with at two a.m.? Bruce or Billy? <sighs> Man, see, this is weird because I've been a Bruce fan for so long, uh-huh. but when I listen to these other music catalogs, like I would have, I used to would have said, I would have used to have said that I like Bruce better than Tom Penny, but I, I don't really, and I would have said that about Billy Joel, but I think I this music resonates with me more. Yeah than Bruce's stuff does. Yeah. And people are probably going to go nuts that I said that. Bruce fans are no, diehards. But no, I get it. Um I I think I think I think Billy's catalog for me, uh Alexi's gonna say something. <laughs> I think his I think his 13 album catalog uh-huh. is stronger than Bruce's whatever, 22, 25, mm. because Bruce has some albums that I don't like at all. Right. Ghost of Tom Joe, Devils and Dust. I yeah. mean some of these things are just yeah, I don't want, yeah, unlistenable I to too. me. It's yeah, just not my thing. I agree. But also, you know, Bruce Bruce would record like 40, 50, 60 songs for an album and then whittle it down to 10 or 12. Right. I remember Billy Joel in an interview, he said, people say, where's the box set? Where's the mm-hmm. bonus tracks? He says, there aren't any. No. Wrote, write this 10 songs, it. record 10 songs. Yeah. So like pound for pound, that's a great songwriter when you say, sure, these are the 10 done. That's it. And these that's are good. And these are good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, I mean, Bruce is, Bruce is the best. I, Bruce, oh, Bruce, I mean, look, Bruce is uh, Bruce. When I see Bruce, like I look at Billy Joe and I go, Billy yeah, could die tomorrow. Uh-huh. Bruce is so vital and alive mm-hmm. on stage yeah, still. And he's so physically fit. He looks great. He, uh, 
I don't know if you f- agree. I've seen him twice, but the first time I saw him was around, same thing, 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. and it was the best show I've ever seen. It's just, it's a three-hour tent revival. It's crazy. You know what I mean? You are just, your spirit is so high. He just, he works that magic like no one else. I saw him about three years ago. He jumped into the crowd. Did he? He, yeah. he, he crowd surfed. Yeah. The first time I, excuse me, the first time I saw him was 1984, mm. uh, Born in the USA tour, Sold out Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh, the largest crowd that had ever been there, 65,000, played for almost four hours. It's just, it's one of those things like, you know, people are like, I saw Bruce and he played, uh, he played seven hours. You know, it's like, yeah. but it was, I mean, he plays yeah. an incredibly long time, yeah. even and for a man his age now, and he's sweaty and, mm-hmm. you know, he's not eating and drinking himself to death. He's True. not smoking. He's yeah. not, I mean, I bet like after the show, they he has the, they have a beer, uh-huh. maybe get a burger and, yeah. you know, and then it's, you know, yeah. and the next morning he's up and he's in the gym yeah. because he's yeah. Bruce Springsteen. He has yeah, you're to, right. you're right. You know, Tom Petty never struck me as the healthiest guy in the world. Always smoking. Uh-huh. Always, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. every picture you see of David Bowie, he's smoking. I know. So I don't wish bad on anyone, but no. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I do think if I had to sit in a booth at two o'clock in the morning, and chit chat with someone, Billy would probably be more fun. But I like Bruce better. Bruce yeah. better in general. Bruce might be more fun. No, Billy might be more fun. You That's think what Bruce I meant to say. Oh, no, okay. no, no. I meant to say Billy. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, anyway, you, you you choose the stranger. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Anthony's song, mm. "Moving Out." Okay. Also, at that same diner, if Don Henley's in a booth by himself, <laughs> I, I slip out the back. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I would, I'm would. i going to say this is one of the best side ones mm. mm-hmm. uh, of ever. I mean, yeah. it's, it, I mean, moving out, The Stranger, Just the Way You Are, scenes from an Italian restaurant. Yeah, it it's doesn't killer. get much better. No. When I listen to something like the heart attack, ack, 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 I always wonder who makes that decision. I was just going to say that yeah. before I said my Don Henley nonsense. Oh. <laughs> was that written on the lyric sheet or does that just come? Yeah, that's what I, when Billy's writing the song, is he on his piano noodling away in the living room going, you know what would be really cool right here is this, if I went ack, 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 or is it Phil who's like, I'm hearing something in my brain, you should do this, Billy. Or when they're just rehearsing and fooling right. around, he says right. that and someone goes, you should do that, you should yeah. keep that in. yeah. I guess we'll never know. That's the stuff I, I love. I would ask about. him that. If yeah. I was going to ask him a question, that would be one. Yeah. What's your next tune? Well, I had said Only the Good Die Young, but I'm in the mood to play The Stranger. And the reason being is that I feel like the first few seconds of this song sets a stage that is so clear. This mm-hmm. picture of New York City at a certain time of night, at a certain time of year, certain decade, it paints a picture with just a few notes so perfectly.
Now, this, uh, The Stranger is what Billy said. This was a make-or-break album for him because the label wanted to get rid of him. Really? Yeah, that's what I've heard him say, I've... which is hard for me to believe because um, Ario Speedwagon was on Epic Records, which was under the Columbia Sony mm-hmm. umbrella, and they had nine albums mm-hmm. before High Infidelity. Right, right. So I can't imagine that they were... And wouldn't it have been more to keep a band on the label than a singular artist? Think. I wonder about stuff like that too. And I wonder too if there's a lot of revisionist history that mm-hmm. people want to kind of put into their legacy. Like uh, this was make or break. It was, yeah. I had one last shot. All of them do it. You yeah. know, Holland Oates does that. Yeah, Everybody Kiss, Kiss, Kiss does it. it. Yeah, this is the moment, make or break. And maybe some of that's true or maybe they just caught a whiff or they were yeah. uh, paranoid or we really got to get a hit because we're running out of time or whatever. Yeah, maybe the drugs it, made you paranoid. Right, but is it really this make or break? Who knows? And I, I feel like, I feel like if Billy Joel, if the stranger w- wouldn't have been a hit, I feel like he still would have got a contract at totally. another label. Totally, the talent's there. Yeah, I mean, up till now, all, everything's pretty solid, sure. except you know, Street Life Serenade was the one we were iffy yeah. on. Yeah. All right, my now my song, I did pick only the good Die young also mm-hmm. because I can remember when this came out in 1977. The local radio station, AM station, WFBG, it was a big deal about mm-hmm. this song. I mean, I went to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. The big Catholic, um, you know, contingent in Hollidaysburg, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Right. And this this was like, this song was like, and I remember my mom saying, have you heard this song by the Joel? I'm like, who? Really? Who? Your mom. And, and I'm like, <laughs> and then I listened to it. Even back then, I was like, eh, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing in this song. Catholic girls start, start much, much too, too late. late. That's they make a, you hold that, out. That's a positive thing. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but sooner or later, <laughs> it comes down to fate. This was the hardest song for me to find a cue point. Yeah. Because I love every single mm. word, mm. line, mm-hmm. phrase, chorus of this song. Okay. So much. Even mm-hmm. to this day, uh-huh. I love it so much. It's great. Maybe it's because I was, you know, did grow up Catholic, and now I'm just like, ugh, Catholicism. Yeah, right. Uh, only the good die young. Okay. Catholic no. things in this song. Unless they feel offended like it's some kind of a character, uh, caricature. You know what I'm thinking, though? I I think he's Jewish. Oh. And uh, I think that's kind of interesting that he writes yeah. such an insightful song <laughs> about Catholic, young Catholic angst yeah. when he's actually Jewish. And I love... Uh, 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 what's the lyric about it? Mother never cared for me, but did she ever mm-hmm. say a prayer for me? Right. I dated a girl in high school that her mom did not like me. Really? Just because um, uh, I f- her dad was a doctor and uh, my parents were working class. Mm-hmm. My mom was a secretary at the courthouse. My dad 
worked a third shift. He was a janitor mm-hmm. at uh, Pennsylvania Electric Company. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like her mom, and I was not, I was not, I did not drink. Mm-hmm. I was polite. Right. I was, if you know, I was, um, I'd get into nonsense at school, uh-huh. you know, being funny and just, yeah. I was disruptive. Right. You know, certainly I, I wouldn't have wanted to have me as a student if okay. I was a teacher. I've been to my kids' schools and I see the kid that's me. Uh-huh. And I'll go, boy, that kid's, that's kid's a dick. He's going to grow up to be a famous podcaster. Uh, yes, an eye celebrity. <laughs> right. But, um, but yeah, her mom just, and, mm. and that's, I just, that line would always ring true to me. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know why she doesn't like me. I'm, huh. you know. Would you want your daughter to date someone like you? And then? Um, I was very respectful to okay. the girls I dated. Uh-huh. Um, polite to the parents, not yeah. in an Eddie Haskell way. Sure. So uh, yeah, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know how I treated girls that yeah. I dated. Yeah. And uh, so yes. Okay. I'd be fine with it. Good. Okay. I might, you know, be like, all right, chill it out a little bit. <laughs> right. But I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, um, I wasn't like a, a, a funny dickhead around uh-huh. the parents, you know, okay. you know, I just wondered if, you know, if all things considered, if you're, if uh, Rita came home and she had a boyfriend like you and, you know, working class, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, if you were like, hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't think of the, uh, that's, the, is this who I want my daughter? Look, I'm a guy who's always between jobs. So yeah. if he's, if he's a nice guy to mm-hmm. my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good yeah. to go. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Yep. Uh, we're moving mm-hmm. on to uh, 52nd street mm-hmm. and, um, I'm just okay with this album. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't think it's strong throughout, but it has songs that I love mm-hmm. and we'll, I'll obviously play those. So let's start with uh, John Lamoureux. What's he think of 52nd Street? I'm going to go Street? with Stiletto. Um, it's one of the ones I like. Yeah, I do too. I, the Live in Russia album takes a lot of heat. Not everyone likes that, like critically or whatever. Do you have the remastered two disc version? No, I just got the regular version that oh, I bought you, back in the day. You got to get the- Really? The two, yeah. Okay. Because it, it's the whole show. Yeah, true. It's twenty-seven songs. Okay, yeah, I uh, that that album. Some of the songs go on a little too long on that album. I get it. It's a, it's live, but it that's that really turned me on to a lot of things I didn't know when I bought it. Yeah, songs like Stiletto, which sounded great on that live version. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Stiletto. That's Richie Canada. Yeah, so good. Blame. You don't see the blame. 
good stuff. Very good. When it comes in with those finger snaps and yes. everything, you're just you're in for it. It's, it's gonna be great. It's super cool. Yeah. Uh, my first song on this is um, is a, a ballad that doesn't doesn't get a lot of uh, love that I think it should get, and it's honesty. Mm-hmm. I can always find someone to say they sympathize. If I wear my heart out on my sleeve But I don't want some pretty face To tell me pretty lies All I want is someone to believe Honesty is such a lonely word Everyone is Yeah, classic ballad. Went to number 24. I don't think that that makes it into the set very often, though. Hmm. It was on the Live in Russia album, so that's... Because I had that before I had 52nd Street. Gotcha. So to me, it must be a big hit. I like the cover of 52nd Street with him Mm -hmm. with the the trumpet, which Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he doesn't play a trumpet. But it's... uh, Yeah, that's okay. We haven't talked about the album covers. I know you're against it. (laughs) It's just... uh, It's kind of dead air. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit to me maybe all your listeners will feel differently no i think they enjoy it well and and i, I like, like to i like to pretend they enjoy it <laughs> you like to pretend yeah. yeah uh this next song you're gonna play features a couple of members of chicago on background vocals did you know that i didn't know that uh donnie dacus okay and peter Cetera. on back on backup on my life yeah maybe i knew that because phil ramon produced uh yeah. one or two of their albums yeah. so okay yeah, how about that? Yeah, um, so in general, you may have noticed I'm not picking hits very often because, like I said, I'm kind of Tired over of this, a lot of those. But this is a hit. This is a hit, and I'm picking it for a reason. I don't know if you remember the story Liberty told about this song on my podcast. They would have sometimes, in fact, uh, same with Honesty, they would have their own dirty, made-up lyrics to a lot of these songs. <laughs> That's right, <clears throat> and now I remember it. So to them, Honesty was not Honesty, it was Sodomy. Sodomy, you know, and so for my life, he. Uh, Are you trying to ruin more songs for us? Well, I'm just telling you what Liberty told me. Mm. It's my favorite moment, so that's why I'm picking this. So instead of my life, it was, um, you suck my dick. What a way to spend the morning. That was the. So whenever they performed, they would they ha- couldn't look at each other because they knew what the words were that, in laugh. their brains, yeah. and they would laugh and mess up. That was just a priceless story that he claimed he told me and he's never told before. And that was really nice. So I'm going with my life. I have to after, after that story. And I, I like my life because it's got the line, uh, now I give him the stand-up routine in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, my life.
Yeah, I have to admit that will first and foremost forever be the theme song to Bosom Buddies. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because that's where I first heard it. To me, that's still the Bosom Buddies theme song. Oh, and it happens to be a Billy Joel song. Second. Yep, that's. uh, I get it. I get it. Um, What was the uh, Big Shot? Was a big hit off of this Mm -hmm. album. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm going to go with this is one of my favorites. This is maybe my favorite off of this album. Let me Mm. see. Let me look at this track list. Yeah, this is definitely my favorite. Okay. I'm half a mile away. Yeah. Little Gio is a friend of mine. We'll get some money and we'll buy a cheap wine. Sit on the corner and have a holiday. Hide the bottle when the cop goes by. Talk about who Now this song, and I wanted to say this when we played uh, uh, "Moving Out." Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a story where he paints a picture. I can see exactly. Mm-hmm. I can see those guys. I can see Anthony working in the grocery mm-hmm. store. Mm-hmm. It's just you know what I mean. It's yeah. just I can see these people. Yeah, and talk about women and lie, lie, lie. It's just <laughs> right. such such a great uh, a great line. Yeah, he's very insightful. Um, I'm I'm trying to pick my moment of when I want to start. Going in the other direction. <laughs> well, I, I hope it's not with Glass Houses, which is my no, favorite yeah, Billy Joel album. It, yeah, I agree. It's it's a classic. And it's this so is good. I, I mean, I love the album cover. It's 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 um, it's on the nose. Sure, but he's he's in jeans, leather jacket. He's got this. It big, looks great. And he's got this giant rock mm-hmm, in his hand, mm-hmm. and then on the back, I think he's cleaning his fingers with a with a switchblade, mm-hmm, cleaning his fingernails, mm-hmm. and there's and the glass is broken. Yeah, but it's just uh, this is his punk album. It really is. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling we're going to have at least one crossover on here, but yeah, this is, uh, this is when he decided he needed to rock a little bit and not be well, shown up again. We would have, but again, I saw your list beforehand. Mm. So if I, if I had one that you were going to play, I chose something else. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, I want you to start it out. Well, the, I mean, one of his best, I th- I feel like all for Lena is it's one of his best songs it's one of, his best. of all time. And it's the song that is sort of rising over like as people get sick of all these other ones it's like why why are you why is there more focus on all for lena yeah this is like the sentimental favorite that's rising and i've never i never heard that name before in my life no, me lena. and i bet i bet girls are named lena now because <laughs> of this song yeah. because i've never never uh-huh. okay and they're 28 years old yeah, yeah. All for lena here we yeah. go Third rail shock, quick as a wink, 
love it. Yeah, I get caught up in it. I don't want to. I know. Same. I don't want to fade it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this album means so much to me. This is one of my favorite albums of all time. I still pick this up and take it and listen to it. I just really. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it is about this. I was in tenth grade when this came out, and I just loved every fucking thing about this album. Right. Did it feel like a departure when it came out? Because now I don't. It doesn't feel that drastically stylistically different as his rock album um, but as a young guy who's getting turned it, on during the did, stranger are you feel, like wow this i mean is after 52nd different. street with the with a lot of horns yeah. and, and finger snaps yeah. and stuff yeah this totally felt huh. different to me and okay. i was like wow this is really this, yeah. is, this guy rocks okay um there's a song called uh uh Set to Toi, and then in parentheses <laughs> you were the one and a girl i liked in high school she wanted me to sign her yearbook and i said I go, okay, oh, can I take it home tonight and sign it? I'll bring it back. And I, I wrote this, I wrote the, I just transcribed the French lyrics from the, and she was like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm like, it's a poem I wrote for I'm like, you. I'm, no, I didn't say I wrote it, but I'm just like, I didn't tell her where, what it was okay. from. And uh-huh. it was just like, you know, I, I don't, I don't, boys do stupid things. We, we do a lot of stupid things. <laughs> That's great though. You should have passed it off as your own. I got a little credit for that. I couldn't do that. Mm, okay. Uh, okay. So all for Lena, I definitely 100% would have, yeah. would have, uh, would have chose that song too. But, um, I, uh, and I did chose it. I did okay, choose it, sure. but you had it. So I'm going to go with, I don't want to be alone anymore. Okay. She said she'd meet me in the bar at the Plaza hotel, wear a jacket and a tie. What's the occasion? She'd just smile and she wouldn't say why mm, So here I am standing waiting in the lobby Sweating bullets in a stupid old suit And when she sees me she busts out laughing You're a sad side honey but you look so cute And I don't want to be alone anymore I was checking out, I was just making sure I just love that you're a sad sight, honey, but you look so cute. <laughs> you just know what this guy looks like, but totally. she's like, she likes this guy, so yeah. it does not matter. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I'm absolutely going to ask you to pick your next one, because I am debating between the other two options I have, and if one of them is already yours, I know what I'm going to do. See, I don't know that I'm going to have the other one in here that you originally... Oh, no, I, I should have it You should here. have the whole album in there, don't you? I know, but I... No, it's still in the computer. Oh, I okay. It. Okay. Okay. My, I want to say something too about a song that I'm not going to play. Sometimes a fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. Now that's uh, that's about phone sex. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, yeah. I didn't want to do it, but I got so lonely, so <clears throat> I had to call you up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. It is there's a there's a Van Halen song on the for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge album <clears throat> called Spanked, yeah. and it's call you up on the spank line, and it's so it's so juvenile. Right. And, but this song isn't uh-huh. you know what i mean because yeah. it's got a feel and it rocks and it's and i'm not even playing it but yeah. i i love sometimes a fantasy that's great again i love every song in this. i've song. never thought about it that way but you're uh, right but this uh this is uh, sleeping with the television on that okay this is this was going to be one of my picks because i love now it starts out with a sort of guitar line that's mm-hmm. really cool but then it goes into this new wave guitar line that sounds just yeah. like something greg kin would have done yeah yeah and when you think when you think about the influences that Billy's dealing with at the time, I love that he 
went there. You know, he's incorporating this power pop, new wave guitar sound in his, you know, in his songs. I think it's great. And uh, for, for young people, this actually starts with the TV signing off because back in the day at the end, the TV would sign off and there would be just buzz fuzz until like six in the morning like you would t- i remember you would turn the tv around like three in the morning yeah. and you'd hit on something and be like well, yeah. i'll just when watch actually, this when the national anthem came the up national it was anthem done. it was done so yeah. here's uh sleeping with the television on yeah yeah I like the background vocals talking. And then it goes into this keyboard. Well, not yet, but yeah. it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, this is this is new wavy rocky. It's great. I love it. It didn't that cue didn't showcase the guitar part I'm talking about, but just the high pitch kind of scratch and, guitar. And got, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something the new wavers were doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so it's like simple. The police might have done something. Right. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That'd be an Andy Summers yeah. trick. Uh, okay, I'm gonna pick for my other one. This is one of the few songs on the greatest hits collection that I'm not. I never get sick of, and it's don't ask me why. And I think that's probably because it sounds so different from everything else he has. Yep. You know, I love it. Here we go. All the waiters in your grand cafe leave their tables when you blink. Oh, every dog must have his every day. That was uh, a number one adult contemporary. Was it? And then number 19 on the billboard. You know, I was noticing and listening that that the acoustic guitar is so much higher in the mix than the piano is. Yeah. And that's not, you know, normally his piano is taking center stage, but in this one, that's an accent to to the acoustic guitar. That's there's a lot of guitar. There's a lot of guitar in Mm -hmm. this as opposed to what, what normally we're hearing. So I think that was, that was the departure too. The, um, especially compared to the next album. Yes. Yes. Now, he said his first number one. It's still rock and roll to me. Mm-hmm. And when I hear that song, it, that doesn't sound like a number one song to me for some reason. I like it, but I just, you know, and you may be right, went to number seven. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's still rock and roll to me. I, I like it a lot, mm-hmm. but um, it just doesn't sound like a number one song to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Is it the attitude? I don't know. See, I, I have mixed feelings because, okay, so this is when this is starting to get kind of introduced. Uh, it's still rock and roll to me, Sounds like a guy, a song a guy would write to prove that he still has street cred. Okay. When if he actually had it, he wouldn't need to write a song like that. All right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it's a great song, but it's a little talk about on the nose. It's yeah. like, hey guys, look at me, I can rock too. Yeah. You know. Well, if you really rocked, you wouldn't have to tell us that you could rock. Yeah. You know. Yep. But it's a great song. 
but we're not listening to it. No, we're not. Let's skip it. We're moving on. You have a song from uh, Songs in the Attic. I do, just real quick. Uh, the Ballad of Billy, Billy the Kid, because um, I remember the first time I heard this, again, being from Utah, which you know is doesn't get a lot of attention. There's a line in there about Billy the tit, Kid going through Utah. And not, hearing, not Billy the Tit? <laughs> Billy the Tit. Okay. Billy the Tit was off doing <laughs> something else. But Billy the Kid coming through Utah, just hearing Billy Joel say the word Utah in a song and like acknowledge where I was from, you know, that was huge. Like Billy Joel knows where Utah is, you know, because <laughs> you, if he had said Altoona, wouldn't you have been like, what? That's, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah, Utah's kind of Booniesville and to hear him say this in a song was great. So yeah, go to about two minutes. We don't have to listen to too much of it. Yeah, hometown. Yeah, um... Uh, David Spade does a bit about when artists come through town and they change a line yeah. in the song. Like he's like, I saw the in David Spade's from Arizona. He uh-huh. said, like when the Eagles came through town, like, welcome to the hotel Arizona. Oh, no. Did you know they didn't do <laughs> yeah, that? But right. it's a funny bit. Right. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna call an audible here. This is this song is uh, is a Billy Joel rarity. This came out in like 1981. It was on a kids album called In Harmony Two. And it had James Taylor on it and Janice Ian, Dr. John, Kenny Loggins, Carly and Lucy Simon, Springsteen, Santa Claus is Coming to Town was mm. on this thing. Okay. But this is a Billy Joel original. And this is, uh, this is about having uh, an imaginary friend. <laughs> and this is a good song. This I is don't called know this one. Nobody Knows But Me. Okay. with me uh, i didn't know that one yeah when I, I i've known about that song for oh my god a long time yeah over 20 years mm. but i've always loved it yeah so. it's just fun is alexa ray his only child uh no he have- I, I think he has uh maybe another kid with one of the newer wives I, so, uh, yes i should have clarified does he have a child with any with his first wife or older pre-christy brinkley wives I don't I, think so. Off the top of my head, I don't think he does. Okay. I don't think he does. Anyway, odd assignment for a guy without kids to write a kid's song. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Anyway, you know. Yeah. I, don't okay. know I don't know nothing about no kids. Right. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. How much? Yeah, sure. Um, what's the next? Uh, okay, now we're moving on to The Nylon Curtain. This is an album you do not like. Uh, I don't love this album, and uh, I just find it really ponderous and kind of heavy. Um, there's all, you know, the, the hits that are on it, like Allentown or Goodnight Saigon and Pressure, mm-hmm. they're good songs, but they're all like, even Pressure to some degree are like message songs. So they're the poppy, fun, lighthearted 
vibe of glass houses is gone for this heavy, ponderous message music. It's he doesn't. Uh, each album has a feel. Yeah, and he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't repeat himself. No, you no. know. Um, I, I just. It, it's just too. It's like it's bearing down by the weight of its own. You know. Ambition. This side one though, Allentown, Laura, Pressure, Goodnight Saigon. It's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty tight. Yeah, but it, again, if you cut out, if you decide that you're sick of the hits, which I am, that leaves Laura, which is not a song I like. So, well, that's because you're a fucking fool. Probably, probably. Because <laughs> that, that's a line from the song. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Here I am, feel like a fucking. That's fool. true. That's true. Yes, you're right. That's yeah. That well, that's me. So th- this is an album that just it's just too heavy. I would never put this album on for fun. I might put it on to like reassess. Am I missing something here? Because Liberty said it's his favorite. Yeah, and it sounds it's Craig, like an al- it's Craig Smith's favorite too. I think. Yeah, I'm less concerned with what Craig Smith thinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I uh, this is clearly to me an album of hold a on, guy. Hold on a second, I have to text Craig Smith. Tell him real quick. <laughs> um, this is clearly an album made by a guy who has. Uh, earned so much freedom through success that he now can do, this is his FU album, I'm going to do what I want to do, and it feels indulgent and heavy to me, and I don't like it. Nominated for album of the year. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, it's... Didn't win, but nominated. Um, I give it like a four out of ten. I don't hate it like a one, but I don't enjoy it. This this did feel like, here's a mature Billy Joel. He's got a beard on the back. Yeah. Um, And there's nine songs, and... Although I like the 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 three that close out uh, surprises Scandinavian skies where's the orchestra I understand you know that's mm-hmm. it is there is a feel going on there yeah. that um could be maudlin mm-hmm. but I just um yeah I like this album a lot but let's um let's uh, what do you want to hear she's right on time and I have a question about this song mm. There's a video for this song. Is there really? There I don't is, think I've ever seen is. it. Uh, I'm one of these people that just because of the first line, I will put this on my Christmas mix. Oh, okay. Okay. It, because it's it's about the, she's coming for Christmas. So I do put that on my Christmas mix. That's interesting. Can I give you one little bit of trivia that I just learned the other day? I guess. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I interviewed uh, the guitarist for The Waitresses. Okay. Remember? Uh, I know what boys like. I know what guys want. Yeah, I, I only know that in Christmas wrapping. Okay, guess what? He lives comfortably off Christmas wrapping. Good Can you me. imagine? That's pretty great. An obscure sort of culty Christmas, you know. It's probably on a ton of compilations. It is, albums. yes. And it gets, you know, every year he makes his nut. Mm-hmm. It was a really, really interesting interview. It hasn't come out yet, but it will by the time this comes out. But the, yeah, he lives off Christmas wrapping. 
I read this about Nick Lowe. He, um, you know, he wrote the song, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. Cover on the Bodyguard soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. right? I, know. I think I know. Curtis Stigers uh-huh. does it. Uh-huh. Stigers probably doesn't make much money off the performance of no. it, but yeah, Nick Lowe. I know. I heard, I think I read somewhere, I hope I'm getting this right, and maybe he was just being sort of, um, maybe not telling the truth, but I think he got like a check for a million bucks. One day a million bucks showed up wow. in the, but that it's like, that's the, that's all of it. Yeah. There wasn't more revenue millions coming more and more and more down the line. It was like one big chunk. That's what he said. Maybe, there's, and, there's gotta be more than that. Coming. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's like streaming and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he mentioned that he got like one big check for a million bucks. All right. Well, uh, you said about Utah being named in a song, mm-hmm. uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, yeah. so Allentown, Allentown, and what was the original, it was originally Levittown. Hmm. It was originally Levittown, but then he, I don't know why he changed it, or who told him to change it or what, but. Uh, I wonder what Liberty and Billy's made up lyrics for this song would have been. I don't know, but yeah. they, they have to involve the noises. Right. Ooh, ah. <laughs> what, could, what could that possibly be? <laughs> love the line we're not getting to it but every child had a pretty good shot to mm-hmm. get at least as far as their old men got yeah i love that it is it's poetry it's really insightful so here's the song this is the b-side to allentown didn't mm. make it onto the album it's an unreleased b-side it's it's a rarity in the billy joel catalog are you and billy friends how do you get all this stuff well it was it was b-side to allentown okay okay but this is this is called elvis presley boulevard oh. here we go Down in Elvis Presley Boulevard on Memphis Radio Where the hopeless held a vigil And the nameless made the charts Where the losers lost their sorrow only has nine songs so i guess this just didn't fit in well i think back then when you're focused more on an album you're concerned with like the grooves on the actual vinyl Mm -hmm. and sometimes i wonder if squeezing that in there somewhere loses fidelity somewhere you know what i listen to that though and i think even his supposed tossed off fun rockers sound ponderous to me (laughs) really this is this is the point where you you are out i'm kind of kind of yeah what's the next track uh, well, I think I'm going to go with Room of Our Own. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, five.
you have a room of your own at the house? I do. Thankful. Well, I share it with my wife. But yes, that to me is like a fun rocker. That might have yeah. made sense on glass houses. Yeah, that, you know that, what I mean. Maybe, maybe. Well, it probably wasn't a holdover because yeah. that's not what he did. But uh, I got one more, and it's the yeah. it's the aforementioned uh, Laura. I've always I've mm. always loved the song. Okay. Drumming is stellar it's good. on this whole It always album. is. It always is. Forgot to mention that on Glass Houses, we got another band member, uh, David Brown, mm. on lead guitars. That's right. Okay. All right. So we're moving on to. Uh, well, you you want to do a little bit of uh, from the uh, Russia album, right? Uh, that's later. Is that? No, that's later. We still have Innocent Man, The Bridge, and then the Rush album. Unless you want to squeeze it in now. Oh, no, no. I just, uh, I just uh, logged it in the wrong place. So, yeah, when does the Rush album come out? It comes after The Bridge, right? After The Bridge, yeah. Let me move these down. I made a mistake. 87, I think. Mistakes, ha- mistakes happen. I made one. And you don't edit those out. I edit out my mistakes. Well, you have a guy. I don't really have a guest here either. I know. Just if I didn't have a job, I'd edit, I would... Uh, do it differently. <laughs> now, what do you think about what do you think about the Innocent Man album? I, I feel like this is the one that people are like, "Oh, that album." Yeah, it's funny. This is where my reassessment of Billy starts coming into play because this was the album that was big when I was a kid. This came out, I think, in '83. I was ten or eleven. Seven million copies. Yeah, it was huge. The first Billy Joel song thing I remember is "Tell Her About It." Uh, the video. Was, the video. With Rodney. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I realize. After that, that I all these other songs I knew them because I had heard them, you know, just through osmosis, being a kid in the backseat of a car. But um, I loved this album, loved it. I love keeping yeah. the faith. I love leave a tender moment alone. I love all those secondary hits that weren't like the big ones. Yeah, yeah, I do too. So um, I like the album. It's just for me, this is the one that. Um, it got so overplayed that you put it away for right. a very long time. Same. But when I pull it out, I'm like, eh, this is. See, this he, is. He I achieved had, what he wanted to achieve. I had the opposite because I finally got this album a couple of years ago and I didn't really like it. I don't like it, was obviously heavily, on purpose, heavily influenced by like the music he liked growing up, 50s doo wop and stuff like that, which I don't like at all. I cannot, I cannot listen to for the longest time. And uh, Uptown Girl. And now that I hear it, that's all that I hear yeah. is like oldies. Well, yeah, because Uptown Girl was the Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons homage. Mm-hmm. And um, Easy Money was James Brown. It, on Wikipedia, it says oh, okay. what each song is uh, supposed to be patterned yeah. after. See, and it's all oldies. And none of it, it just doesn't sound fresh to me. This is where he becomes Did, a little bit of a hack to me. Don't you think it was cool that he was trying to introduce his fans that were maybe young to the music that he True. liked. And yes. And that's why at the time when I'm 10 or 11 years old, mm-hmm. I love all this stuff. I don't know that it's based on doo-wop, you know, but now that I'm grown up and I realize what my taste in music are different, 
Um, I, that's all I hear, you know, is the kind of hokiness, the, the, and the show tunes. That's something that's starting to come up a lot now with him <laughs> is that he's like, isn't he just like a Tin Pan Alley show tune songwriter? And you, it starts to really take shape in these last two albums to me. The, um, I'll tell you the, uh, you're not, I mean, you, you have a point. You have a valid okay, point. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I mean, my opinion is that your opinion is valid. Okay, thank you. Uh, tell her about it is uh, that video uh, caused me to eventually break up with uh, my longtime high school girlfriend. Why? Because uh, you know, MTV, when MTV was the thing, like it was like world premiere tonight, yeah. the Billy and uh, Rodney Dangerfield's in that video. Mm -hmm. So after that video, we're, I don't know why we're talking about what do you think you want to do after college, but I was like, well, you know, I think I'd like to be a stand-up comedian. And she laughed. <laughs> like not in a supportive laughing way. Right. She like laughed at me. Yeah. And it was it was that quick. I was like, done. Oh. <laughs> okay. I get it. All right. Yeah. So that was the end of that. It was pretty much the end of it after right. after, you know, then I, you know, I was in college and she was still a senior in high mm, school. Okay. But when I came back for the summer, that yeah. It was like immediately ended yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and then I she just, would come to the house really? and, and, and visit with my mom. Oh, that's, like I would, yeah. like we would, uh, at our house, there's a front door which faces the front, but we always came through the back door mm -hmm. and in the back door, that's the kitchen. So I would come in the back door and I'm like, oh, and there's Beth. She'd be there, no longer your girlfriend, there hanging out with your yes, mom. Yes, talking oh, to my mom. And wow. I'd just be like, and my mom would be like, hey, Beth stopped over. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I would go to my room. Straight, I wouldn't yeah. hang out for, I'm like, what the? And I would tell yeah. my mom, I'm like, what the hell? She's, my yeah. mom's like, oh, I like her so much. She's so, I'm like, oh, man, you date her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, lo lots of stuff coming out tonight. Lots of, we're talking yeah. about a lot yeah, of, a lot of personal lot stuff, of personal isn't things. it? So I'm just going to play Teller about it since I okay. just told yeah, that story. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Oh, I told her about it. I think you got it under control. You don't want somebody telling you the way to stand someone's soul. You're a big boy now and you'll never let her go. But that's just the kind of thing she ought to know. remember playing this album for my mom because it was like mm -hmm. the music was, was from the 50s when she grew up and yeah. I was and she was like she liked it so it was like there wasn't a lot of music that we I gelled with with mm. my parents but mm -hmm. I felt like this was uh this was one of them yeah what's your first tune uh I'm gonna go with easy money I love easy money it's a rocker it sounds fresh from the Rodney Dangerfield mm -hmm. movie easy money that's why Rodney appeared in the video yep. they swapped and it's got one of the funniest scenes in the movie. They ha they stop at a convenience store and they get up to the door and it's closed and the sign says, open 23 hours. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, oh my God, they got, they're there the one hour that it's closed. Easy money. Yeah. Uh. James Brown. Uh. Yeah, there it is. I hear it. Just for me. 
the action Take me to the track Take me to a party If they're threatening the back I've been working all my life Can't afford to wait Let me call my wife So I can tell her Honest, the production on this it's is so good. Singing in the headphones. Yeah. Now, uh, this album, Mark uh, Rivera is in the band, mm -hmm. but he is not playing the sax on that song. Really? Alto sax on Easy Money, David Sanborn. Really? Yep, that's what it says. That's interesting because I feel like I can pinpoint David Sanborn anywhere, and I would not have guessed that was him. Well, he was channeling uh, the James Brown band. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, pretty cool. I didn't know yeah. it either until I just read it now. Okay. Uh, the next song I'm going to play is an homage to Smokey Robinson. Mm. And this is Leave a Tender Moment Alone. Nice. Even though I'm in love, sometimes I get so afraid I'll say something. I mean, Billy Joel sings his ass off on he this does, yeah. album. Yeah. I mean, he's really, not that he never did, but he's really trying things and, and really trying to emulate these singers, which mm -hmm. can't be easy. No, and he does a really good job at it. Um, do you, I mean, when you listen to this music, this album, do you think it still, do you think it holds up? Do you think it's fresh or do you feel like it's, um, it's lost it's, a little something over the years? It, it's, I mean, it, it, it it's lost a little something, but I, I mean, I don't listen to that much anymore. So when I'm listening to it right now tonight, yeah. I really, I really do enjoy it. But, um, it's, uh, this album's like, it's, it's a gimmick. It's a trick. Mm -hmm. It's right. a, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and even though these are original songs written by Billy Joel, they don't feel like they're original. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like if, like if, if the credits didn't say Billy Joel and it was all different, names and you told me oh this is an all covers album he took songs from yeah. but i think that's what he was trying with what he wanted to do right and okay. i love frank i love frankie valley in the four seasons so much mm. i love that kind of stuff do you really yeah, I, I do I, I don't love that kind of stuff and it and how old are you 45 well i'm 10 years older yeah now. right Very but different. um and i just would hear that at, at, at the house my yeah. parents sure would play 50s sure. music if they were playing music <clears> it was it would be stuff like that Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do still like that stuff. Okay. And when I play that at the house, my Pilar is just like, what, what, yeah. what are you doing? What is this? Right. I'm like, I love it. See, I think if you grew up like that and you have a soft spot for that uh -huh. kind of music, then it doesn't bother you at all. But I don't. Yeah. And so it just is like, <laughs> I love, but I don't. <laughs> and so just, I don't care. Yeah. It's just oldies 
radio to me. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like an infomercial yeah. on PBS at yeah. midnight, you know? When it came out, though, I thought this was a really cool gimmick, a I real cool trick that he did. Okay. And it paid off seven yeah. million yeah, copies. I mean, you can't, I mean, what did a, Nylon Curtain was not a huge seller. Yeah. I mean, it sold, it went platinum because like all of his albums sure. went platinum, but yeah, two million. That's and what then, I would have guessed. And this came out, seven yeah. million. Okay. And, um, you know, Nylon Curtain is a serious album for him. And this is, this couldn't be more True. fun. Did I want more True. of the Glass Houses sound? Yes. Yeah. But I get it. That's what he was doing. All right. What, huh. you got another one? Yeah, I got one more. Um, <laughs> I, I begrudgingly, I have one more. No, 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 no. There's actually a couple on here. I'm debating, but I think I'm going to go with Innocent Man because it's right. incredible vocal. But the cue is like 243, 240-ish. I think I got it. Okay. Yeah, 243. Okay. Okay, here we go. But I've been there and if I can survive I can keep you alive I'm not above going through it again I'm not above being cool for a while If you're cruel to me, I'd understand Some people run from a possible fight Some people figure they can never win And although this is a fight I can lose the accused is an innocent man. I am an innocent man. Oh, yes, I am an innocent man. And that, that's him. Singing that's that. him now when he does this live some other dude hits that note well i mean dude, i mean if he could still hit sure. that note that would be crazy it's funny though think about that like is that guy's whole job just to hit that note or does he does he does he sing backup on other songs does he actually play an instrument or does he waltz out on stage hit the i am note and then go back when the song's over you know one of the members of his band right now is was a billy joel cover guy really he actually even kind of looks like <clears throat> billy joel huh and billy saw him on youtube or something and and met him and liked him see now this goes against what we say about billy joel because you would think billy joel would see a billy joel cover guy and go fuck that dude yeah <laughs> but he's in the band okay and I didn't uh, know that. yeah and he sings some of these high parts huh yeah all right i wonder maybe that's who it was that that song is still i think just as powerful like you know Uptown Girl, those songs, like yeah. they're kind of jokey gimmicks now, but that song still brings it all and the way. Innocent Man, that was a, an homage to Benny King and, ah. and or the Drifters. Good. And then uh, Christy Lee, I like that song. That's that's mm -hmm. a Little Richard or, or a mm -hmm. Jerry Lee Lewis song. I can song. hear that, yeah. And since he was married to Christy Brinkley at the mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So cool. Um, okay, now we're moving on to the bridge. Mm -hmm. Now this is the one for me mm -hmm. where I just think this was this was not he was he was not ready to record an album. Yeah, this feels very cobbled together. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I like on I like every song on Innocent Man. Mm -hmm. um, there's one I'm okay with, so I would give that like a nine out of ten. I really okay. would. This let me see one two three four. Mm -hmm. Like a, this is like a five or a six for me. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Liberty said as much in our interview. He said, you know, that he just didn't have the songs no. ready to go at that time. 
And at the t- and I didn't know that when I was 13 or whatever and bought this record. I thought it was great. Uh, Matter of Trust. I love that song. Now I can't one, stand it. Yeah, two. I can't deal with one, it One, two, three. It's yeah. just one riff over and, and over and over again. And Modern Woman. What movie was that from? Uh, uh, Ruthless, Ruthless People. People. Yeah. And it just great soundtrack, by the way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, that Mick Jagger Ruthless mm-hmm. People song is crazy. Yeah. But the the '80s production on that soundtrack mm-hmm. is. But this is. Uh, yeah, this is Phil Ramone's last time out with Billy. I mean, there's there's three songs I love, mm-hmm. but as an album, I just did not. Yeah, you know. And so let's let's find. You out. probably let's, love the Cindy Lauper song, don't you? Because you love her. I do love Cindy Lauper, but that's not one of the ones I oh, picked. Okay. This okay. is this is the only time there's a co-write on a Billy Joel album, and it's really? with Cindy. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't love that song. Mm-hmm. If I did a the, Cindy Lauper episode, I'd play it. But the I'm second half, I barely. I mean, I've heard it a million times, but the second half of this album is pretty forgettable. Yeah, I don't you think? Yeah, there's only one one of these last four. Steve songs Winwood shows up on one of those songs, and I love him, but it's not yeah, enough it's to not really enough. make it interesting. And I don't. I mean, look, it sounds. I don't. I'm not a, uh, Ray Charles. That, I respect. I respect Ray Charles. Right. I don't. That's not music I want to hear. At the time, I remember thinking that was pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. Ray is great, but now you can just see it's it's a guy meeting, using it. Meeting his idol. Yeah, I have the power to have Ray Charles sing on my record. I'm going to do it. Now no. I gotta be. I don't like the song "Baby Grand." If him and Ray Charles mm. did another song together, mm. if Ray Charles popped up on an "Innocent Man" on one yeah. of those songs, yeah. I might love it. Mm. So it's nothing against Ray Charles. I just don't like "Baby Grand." I did back then. I don't so much anymore. Now it feels like a gimmick too. That's the thing is that none of those earlier albums did those songs feel like gimmicks. Right now they're starting to feel like gimmicks to me. Yeah, I, I will. I will agree with you on okay. uh, on some of that. And what do you want to start with? I want to hear "Running on Ice." I I really like this song, and I love the first. You know, I'm a big fan of first tracks. And this is a great way to start this album. And this it is one is. of the I love this song too. Yeah. And that just sounds like someone's running on ice. It's it so cool, right. like a cartoon. And as soon as those drums come in, you know that's Liberty. This is such a short song, too. Yeah. Three minutes, fifteen seconds. There's a lot of tension in this town and no one's building up beside of me. I got all the symptoms and the side effects of city life anxiety. I can never understand why the urban attitude is so superior. In a world of high-rise ambition, most people's motives are ulterior. Right. It's a great, great song. Does it say on Wikipedia that he was uh, he uh, was trying to mimic Sting with that? Because that's what Liberty told me that the movie Club Paradise, which was a Robin Williams Harold Ramis movie at the time, yeah, not a good movie. I watched the recent. I don't mind it. It's it's uh, it's kind of funny. Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy. Anyway. I haven't seen it since it came out. Okay, I've I love it. Eugene I, Levy. He can say anything. Me too. I've laughed. I saw it recently, and it's kind of funny. Uh, it's not great, but it's kind of funny. Anyway, Run on Ice is heavily influenced by the music of the police. Yeah. They went to, they asked him, I think, to write a song for Club Paradise. And so he looked to the police because they have that sort of reggae-ish, you know, yeah, island yeah. feeling to it. I don't think the movie, the song was used in the movie, but that was no. the motivator. Rejected. Yeah. All right. My first song off this. Oh, 
I shouldn't have. I jumped ahead too soon. Uh oh. Because you have something important to say. I do, and I should. If I, I looked at your list and not my list, if I would have looked at my list, we are greatest hits volume one and two. There were two mm. new studio tracks. I wondered if we were going to talk about those. And one is meh. And I think the other one is great. Second Wind. Is that the meh one? That's the meh one. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to Your Only Human, Second Wind. Yeah. But the video did have a good message about suicide. Suicide. Like, that, yeah. like uh, it was, uh, what, what's the movie? Uh, Wonderful Life type mm, theme. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's hear it. That was fun. I remember it at the time. Yep. Went to number nine. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not always a big fan of putting new songs on a greatest hits package because if those don't become hits, you're saddled with those. But uh, that went to number nine. Mm -hmm. And then The Night Is Still Young. It went to 34. So top, you can say it's top 40 hit. I really like Night Is Still Young. I really think this is a fantastic song. Let's hear some of this. I'm young enough to still see the passionate boy that I used to be. Is that him singing with himself? I think so. Well, not a studio. I hate the term make love in, in a song. Okay, I was going to say this because to <laughs> I my... Don't, I don't mind it here, <laughs> but like, go ahead. What were you Well, I, uh, to my 12-year-old Mormon brain yeah. who is liking Billy Joel, yeah. hearing Billy Joel sing, say making love like that yeah. was too saucy for yeah, where yeah. I was in my maturity at the time. That, that and this sense. is the time that song on the bridge is also sort of sexy. And I just wasn't prepared to hear Billy Joel be sexy like that. Well, that was my bridge song, so here we go. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I love this song. I do too. Now, of course, I love this stuff. Yeah, this is my top three off this album. Yeah, I would say so. Maybe it'll be the same. We'll find out. Running on ice in this. Yeah. And then don't. Uh, we'll, this was my alternate. So I still have one more. A man can do. So stay with me, baby. I got plans for you. This is the time to remember. Cause it will not last forever. These are the days to hold on to. Right. Good line. Yeah. You give me the best of you now, I need the rest of you. Mm-hmm. 
Man, I'm in such a Billy Joel mood right this now. Is, I got to say, I was coming in ready to be all, you know, PC. negative and scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I mean, it's still there. It's, you know, it's, it's bubbling. It's really the headphones. It, these headphones are great. And because uh, all the songs we're playing tonight are from this, again, these 2014 yeah. MP3s that Sony True. sent me. So, And granted, we're great. listening to our favorite songs. If, if I had right. to listen to 20 versions of Laura, I would have put a bullet in both of our heads. <laughs> so. uh, okay. It's your turn now. Okay. Wait. Um, I'm gonna go with Big Man on Mulberry Street. Is that your is that in, is that your third? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was so. Running on Ice and Big Man were my two picks. And then if you had picked one of those, I was gonna go with This Is the Time. So your three favorites from this album are Running yes. on Ice, This Is the Time, and Big Man on yes. Mulberry Street. Yes. Okay. And I would say we disagree then on our, what our third is. I'll play okay. mine. Okay. Okay. Um, and and I say that because again, I re, I thought Big Man on Mulberry Street really came alive in the live mm. on Russia album. Yeah. I loved it. So if you want to go to like two minutes, that's I think about yeah. the best. You I want do here. not like this song. Don't you? Not really. No. Yeah. I, guess I guess I made an impression on Sunday North of Hesser and South This is Broadway to me. It is. Yeah. I mean, that all sounds great. It's right. So in my spot. I'm a big man on Mulberry Street. I don't mean all day. Only at night when I'm light on my feet. What else have I got that I'd be trying to hide? Maybe it's funny because this song wouldn't be out of place on Innocent Man in a way. No, I know you're right. And you saying that about Broadway is very true. I think the, I, like I said, I really think it rocks on the Russia album. Mm. And I'm a sucker for horns and I'm a sucker for those big bombastic drums and yeah. bump, you know. Bum, so uh, bum, it really comes bum. alive with a lot of energy. I hear the energy more than I hear the Broadway. Yeah. Um, but I could, I could totally see. It's like a lot of his songs are in hindsight now that I'm older, I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> Did I really uh, like that? Also, uh, on um, another reason I don't like Baby Grand right now is I'm reading that uh, uh, Liberty doesn't play drums on that song. Does any? Is there drums on that song? Uh, it says Vinny, and then an Italian name okay. and an A, okay. drums on Baby Grand. Huh. All right, okay. my uh, my third, my top three songs on um, running on uh, on the bridge uh, is I love Temptation. Mm, mm-hmm. And I listen to this with my ear too different ways I'll tell it's you time for me to be on my way I know I got business to conduct and I got places to go but I can't help looking at us sleeping instead another morning I'll have trouble climbing out of this bed because she's such a temptation this driving Making me act this way. I know what all of my friends say. They're afraid that I'm losing my touch. She's such a temptation. Now, obviously, that's a song about uh, a woman. Mm-hmm. But after I had, um, after I had children, some of these lines in this song, mm-hmm. you know. 
uh, you know, you, you, you have to go, because mm-hmm. the kids grow so quickly. Yeah. You yeah. know, you didn't want to always go to work or do, you right. wanted to hang out with the babies or the kids. Yeah. And I know that could sound gross, but you know no, what I'm I, saying. No, of course I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, because you're dads. a dad. You have, yeah. you have three? Three. Yeah. Will there be more? No, no. <laughs> Had the, you know, had the surgery. Fact. I'm all done. Oh, we could let's air high five because yes. I had that done too. Yeah, I think it's wise. I mean, I think uh, I think if you don't want to have any more kids, your wife's done enough work. Yeah, so you should take that into your own hands. Yeah, right. Insert your joke, and yeah, and do it. Yeah. Um, Next time I'm here, I'm going to tell you my getting snipped story. Yeah, you were awake when they did it. Oh, I was awake. It's very strange. I was awake, and I, my legs were in stirrups. Yep. Yep. And there was a sheet over me with yep. a little hole in it. And there's uh, a nurse there. There's a nurse, and the door is open, and other nurses are coming in. Yep. And I, it's a little chilly in there. I'm not feeling my best. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's people coming in, and, and he's working away, and I'm exposed. And I eventually, are you going to close that door? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 let me close the door. Finally, it's just him and the female assistant. Yep. But up to that point, you know, nurses are coming in and out with my. Stuff. Is this the story? That's the story. That I just told story. it. Yeah. Do you get, are you, are, I, th- I think I might know the answer. Are you, do you get embarrassed? Uh, you, you mean like uh, in Just the in general. In general. Are you a guy that gets embarrassed? <clears throat> Probably. I, I, I get uncomfortable. You're actually red right now. I'm not, am I really? Yeah, you are. I'm oh, really? Like, yeah. Oh, that's funny. I, I am uncomfortable in like public bathrooms and public locker mm-hmm. rooms and stuff like that. More just because I just don't want to know. Mm-hmm. My biggest fear in life is I go into the bathroom and it stinks in there and I can see a pair of shoes under the <laughs> stall right. and I take a leak and the door opens and it's my boss. And he comes out and he's just, you know, taking this giant dump. And now I've got to smell his thing forever. And that that is, I just don't want to know. I don't it's think just, that's embarrassment. That's a whole, that's something else. If it's somebody I don't know, I don't care, yeah. you know? It, uh, so when I'm at work, I'll go to like a bathroom on another floor just <laughs> so I don't see anyone I know. I think this was just the other night we were talking with, it was my wife and I, and we were talking with some other people and I, they were saying they're embarrassed by something. I go, I don't, I'm, I'm never embarrassed. And, really? And Pilar just goes, that's true. He's, he doesn't, <laughs> nothing, embarrasses yeah. nothing embarrasses him. Nothing embarrasses him. And really, yeah, I just, whatever. I, I'm realizing this about myself. I am, I'm one of these people without a filter and I say all the things and I broach the subject mm-hmm. and everything, but deep inside I'm still kind of a prude, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's embarrassment. It's just, it's personal and I don't yeah. want to talk about it. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not swinging my stuff out, right. but I'm just saying if someone caught me with it, oh, hey, sorry. Yeah. Before we go to Stormfront, going to take a quick detour. There was a Disney movie. Huh? It's called Oliver and Company. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I saw this on a date. With think, Reagan Snowden. I think, damn, <laughs> that's quite a name. It was. Uh, she was a friend of my girlfriend's, so that was a little she was a She was a Bond girl, right? Yeah, Reagan Snowden. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was written by Dan Hartman. Love Dan Hartman. I Can Dream About You. Love and Dan Hartman. And Charlie Midnight. Yep, that's his songwriting partner. This, so yeah, uh, so that aforementioned Disney movie, Oliver and Company, and this song is Why Should I Worry?, Pretty sure I don't really care for this song. Hmm. Billy Joel's a singing dog. Mm-hmm. I remember. I'm in Central Park. And I'm down on the last street. I found the ballet to St. Mark's. There's a six-door pace in the beat. I just said, 
It's just a big who cares for me. Really? I don't mind it. Okay. Um, it's kind of fun it, because of the nostalgia of seeing the movie with Reagan Snowden. You telling me that <laughs> Dan Hartman wrote that, and I must, I love Dan Hartman. I love everything he does. Well, so. it, you know, between the Reagan and the Charlie mm-hmm. Midnight and the mm-hmm. Dan Hartman, that was ready. Well, I'm yeah. glad I played it then. Yeah, that's cool. I forgot all about that. I'm glad I made your night. Yeah, you did. Uh, so now we can move on to the the concert. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? Concert? I've always wondered that too. The, uh, the re-release is called A Matter of Trust hyphen The Bridge to Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, that's a lot. Yeah. Hey, did you hear the new Billy Joel album? No, what is it? A Matter of Trust hyphen the Bridge to Russia. Oh, a Matter of <laughs> Trust. Sounds great. A Matter of Trust uh, hyphen the Bridge to Russia. That's my favorite <laughs> Billy Joel album. When it came out, I think I called it Colept because that's what the <laughs> Russian letters sort of looked like, you know? Yeah, it was, that was an, it was an odd choice for, uh, for the title, I think. Yeah, I never knew what it was. Let me see what it says. Commonly <laughs> read as Co- I, I don't. I can't even yeah, say it. Right. In English, it's concert. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that when I was fourteen. I no. was lost. Yeah, there was no Wikipedia. No. All right. So, what do you want? This is when this well, is Liberty's best moment. Of this all is time? Liberty's best, and and Billy's for that matter. The beginning of Angry Young Man from this show uh, is just incredible playing by the two of them. Is it the prelude part? Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This. That's like five songs in a minute and a half. It's so good. It's, it is. Uh, yeah, I, I've always loved uh, Angry Young Man. Yeah. Love it. I mean, I could have picked the studio version, but that live version is just so powerful. Yeah, the drums are really kicking. You hear it? it? Yes. I love it. Was that produced by Phil Ramone? I don't Let me see who produced I don't know who produced the concert. Uh, Jim Boyer and Brian Ruggles. I think Brian Ruggles was his um, live uh, mixer oh, or sound whatever. Mix. Okay. Sound, sound mm-hmm. guy, yeah. Okay. All right, we're moving on to... Stormfront, uh, four million copies. Had some big hits on this. Mm-hmm. I am not a "We Didn't Start the Fire" hater. Oh, really? Not at all. Because huh. I, I, I was so lukewarm on the bridge that I can remember I was living in Chicago in '89. I was uh, driving on the highway, and they said, "Coming up, new Billy Joel," and I was just like, "Wow, that's a fuck. That's mm-hmm. fucking great. Mm-hmm. I really loved it." Mm-hmm. And I still love it. And I like I like the video. Mm-hmm. I I was always hoping that every year he would add 
yeah verses to Makes it sense. You know, or keep, yeah. keep going but and um and again we talked about it earlier the word gimmick mm-hmm. it is a gimmicky song Big time. and yeah. it's uh, there's other songs you know like it that um like there's a neil diamond song called done too soon where he names mm. a bunch of jesus christ right. fanny bryce wolfie mozart and humphrey bogart mm-hmm. he just named you know so it's right. so naming yeah billy's things, not the only one to have done it billy's not the only one to to name things but um i don't that song has not aged well that's though. what that's what everyone like in other podcasts everyone always says that and i just do you're fine st- with it i still like it see i i um i remember <laughs> the early days of me being on facebook posting something about what song do you hate the most mm-hmm. uh we didn't start the fire we built the city or we will rock you because there are three songs that Queen we, Queen now is sort of having a resurgence. Yes. But you could say at the time, it's like, I'm so sick of this song. They're all sort of gimmicky to me. And a lot of people, the votes went wherever they went. My feeling at the time, and Give I me still- those three still, again? We didn't start the fire. Okay. We built this city and we will rock you. And my feeling is that yeah, you could get in the mood, you could get in a fun, playful mood where we built this city is just the right song for that mood. I, I, it's, it's, it's not great, but I don't hate that song. Either. I don't either. I don't either. So that was my, that was my argument is that I might, there might be a mood where that's the song to accompany yeah. that mood. We will, we didn't start the fire. There's never a mood <laughs> where that's the song that it was going to nail this moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just don't like Harry Truman, Doris Day, Red <laughs> China or Johnny Ray. It's just, I mean, think it's just, it's a gimmick. It's a joke. It was a, it was an interesting idea that seemed fresh and fun when I was, 16 or whatever and it just has not aged and it's lame three of my favorite so- things are in we didn't start the fire what's that aids crack bernie gets <laughs> uh, hypodermics on AIDS, the shore good old gets good old crack china yeah. under martial law yeah whatever rock and roller cola wars i can't take it anymore yeah. oh he's so pissed off he's he's so pissed that song that song's kind of lame but uh, in general now do you hate this album because this is sort of you know a lot of people's nadir they do not love Stormfront. I'm counting. Okay. I, you know, I don't, like, I just went through all these songs. Mm-hmm. That's not her style. It's not great, but I like it. I love that song. Uh, we Didn't Start the Fire, I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, I love Down Easter Alexa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love I Go to Extremes. Mm-hmm. I love Shameless. I love mm-hmm. Garth Brooks's version of mm-hmm. Shameless. Mm-hmm. Um, Stormfront. I like it. Leningrad, I, li- I, I like all, te- I do like all 10 of these songs, but I would mm-hmm. give it a seven. And that sounds, mm. that goes against no, that what sounds, I said. That sounds fair. Because okay. um, I don't think the songs, even though I like all the songs, I don't think all the songs are great. Yeah, maybe they don't hold up. Yeah, like when in Rome, I like it, but it's mm-hmm. not great. I wouldn't yeah. say listen to this song. Right. I got so jazzed though when I saw Mick Jones from Foreigner co-produce this mm-hmm. album. Because mm-hmm. I love Van Halen's 5150. Yeah. And um and I didn't see Mick Jones's name on a lot of. It's true. His, produ- his yeah, producer. Yeah, I only know of those two. I yeah. don't know of anything else unless and, it's foreign. And he plays on the album too. He plays yeah. uh, guitar on Stormfront and guitar solo on State of Grace. Yeah. He does backing vocals. This was a big. This was a big album for me, especially like I said, sixteen. I mean, your your hormones and girls and yeah. are going nuts. And the I'm not so much a lyric guy, but Shameless and I Go to Extremes said it yeah. all. Those move. In fact, we should probably just go with "I Go to Extremes" because that song, that was me. You know, if I was gonna, if I was into a girl and I was like, 
You want to understand me? This, the, I Go to Extremes is the song that sums me up. Call me a joker, call me a fool. Right at this moment, I'm totally cool. Clear as a crystal, sharp as a knife. vocals on I Go to Extremes, Joe Lynn Turner. Really? Yep. He's really? Also, also backing vocals on State of Grace, Joe Lynn Turner. I did not know uh, that. Also, do you know who Ian Lloyd is from the yeah. band Stories? Uh, yeah, Brother, Brother Louie. Louis. Mm-hmm. And he did all the background I've vocals. I've been trying to get him on my show for years. He's so cool. <laughs> yeah. He did all the background vocals on the first, I think, four or five Foreigner albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He actually, all the, all the temp demos for the first Foreigner album were Ian Lloyd and like Mick loves Ian Lloyd, but he really? just it just wasn't the voice he wanted yeah. for Foreigner. Yeah, but um, well, he scored. He Lou Graham's he's... one of the greatest voices in rock history. I did a um, I did a Twitter because you know just to engage people, yeah. I did a Twitter. Um, what do you call it when they when they vote? Like a poll. A poll. Thank, yeah. Thank you. I think I answered this. Thank it you. was it was I, Lou and, uh, and Steve Perry. Steve. But yeah, I said the, rock singer. Right. Who did you vote for? I think I voted for Lou because of the rock. I mean, yeah. who has like a better voice? Steve in his prime probably had a better voice than Lou did. But who whose voice is more perfect for rock and roll? Yeah. I went with Lou. And then, um, and Lou can also sing ballads though too. Waiting yeah. on a Girl Like You. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, Foreigner, I really, uh, I really dig that. Uh, there's a concert video that just came out. I actually have four copies I'll be giving away in conjunction with a Foreigner episode that we're going to do with Alexi Lawless. Um, uh, it's from the rainbow 1978 Mm. and they played, they played the whole debut album and then they were, they were, um, they premiered two songs from their upcoming album, which Mm -hmm. were, uh, uh, double vision and hot blooded. It's great. I mean, they are so, they look so great Yeah, because it's just like that seventies long hair parted in the Mm. middle (laughs) and they're just wearing whatever they're going to wear and just Lou yeah. Graham beating the hell out of some tambourines, so and Mick Jones just killing it on guitar. Like yeah. you don't you don't think of him now because that band's you know yeah. what it is today. But right. man, he's he's so good. So okay, so I go to extremes. Um, I had that one on my list too. So you're still going to get to play two of the ones. Oh okay. But I'm going to jump in with uh, I'm going to play Down Easter Alexa, and then I'm going to go to the B-side of Down Easter Alexa mm. that did not make the album. Okay. But Billy actually just played it live a couple of weeks ago, possibly for the first time ever. But mm. here's Down Easter Alexa. Great song. Well, I am on the Down Easter Alexa And I'm cruising through Black Island Sound I have charted a course to the vineyard But tonight Took on these 
Billy's daughter's Alexa Ray mm-hmm, Joel, mm-hmm. named after mm-hmm. um, Ray Charles, is yeah. where the Ray comes from. I mean, to, he worked his kid's name into the song, and it's uh, it's so sweet. It's the name of the boat. Yeah, the Downeaster Alexa. It's another one of those songs that sounds like what it's about. Yes, you know, it sounds like a giant you, fishing. boat. You can smell the ocean. You can when you, you can, hear that you, song. Such great atmosphere. Yeah, kind of like the Stranger, like I was saying earlier. All right, this is uh, this is the B side. This is called House of Blue Light. Surfside bar These days my old shovel head Should don't travel far But she goes where I want Now I want to be Where all the locals Go to give each other Company They'll drive Chevy pickups In the morning They'll ride Harley Davidson's at night pretty good yeah it's a jam yeah, i didn't mind that um yeah this is the album when there's no more russell javers and there's no more doug stegmeyer mm-hmm. and uh but he does he does score by stealing someone from Mellencamp, crystal <laughs> talaferro oh i don't know uh I don't know that. background singer african-american woman mm-hmm. multi-instrumentalist and percussionist still i'm pretty sure she's still in his band today really uh, Someone she, survived. Oh, Good for her, she was she was amazing. I saw her with Mellencamp. Really, and when I I'm like, oh, I bet Joel, I bet Joel pays better. <laughs> I bet he does. <laughs> he probably does. Um, so yeah, so uh, that's that's all my songs from. Okay, uh, but you got one more. Well, I got one more, and this is the one that's gonna. You that got two. You actually, there's two more. Well, whatever you want. I um I I go to extremes was one of my alternates. Yeah, <clears throat> but you your other two are that's not her style, and so it goes. Yeah, I want to tell you a story about it, and so it goes. You Please have to do. Tell me. So when I saw that time I saw him in concert, he got up to the piano and he was telling stories mm-hmm. as he often does, which is great. And he tells a story that he he said actually, and he kind of acted sheepish about it, like he shouldn't say this or I shouldn't, you know, I don't say this very often. But he said I actually wrote this song. <clears throat> for L. McPherson. And it's and so it goes. And I'm starting to do the math. So he's been married or with Christy Brinkley since about 82, 83. Mm-hmm. So he would have had to have written that song, assuming he was with L. McPherson, before yeah. he was with Christy Brinkley. Wow. L. McPherson was born in 64. That means she would have at most 18 years old. Wow. 17, 18 years old, when she's sitting on the piano stool next to him as he's writing this song for her. And that grossed me out. It's pretty creepy. And I've never been able to forget that. And maybe, maybe I have the math wrong. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not what reality, what it really was. But that's it, when I do the, you know, do the could figure it out written, on my could own. Could he have written this song for her? I, I, I mean... Assume, so the album comes out in 89. Yeah. You have to assume he and Christy are, if you're going to assume he and Christy are still so married. L was 25 in 89. 
Yes. But he was still married to Christy Brinkley. Mm -hmm. So was he having an affair with Elle McPherson? That's what I mean. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he just wrote it for her. Maybe he, no, they were together. Are you sure? They dated? Yeah, that was, yes. Really? Yes. That was, that's what he was saying. Yes. I'm going to be honest. This rock and roll thing gets chicks because he is no, (laughs) and he would, this is after Glass Houses is when he got chubby. Yeah. And he never was not chubby. Right. Like if you told me, again, this is the thing. If you told me Bruce Springsteen dated Al McPherson, I went, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But Billy Joel. No. He's got gray under his eyes. He's got a boxer's nose. He's short. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really wild. Now, again, I, I, yes, the, yes, he was dating her. Yeah. They were together. I don't know for how long. Yeah. I think they just dated a few times. But if you do the math, it would have been when she was in her late teens. That's weird. That's a little skeevy, don't you think? It is. But having said that, unfortunately, uh, does, isn't that... Not that hard to Joel, imagine from the Billy Joel yeah. that we know now. Joel wrote the song about a doomed relationship with model Elle McPherson. Their relationship was dramatic as McPherson was only a teenager. There you go. While Joel was reaching his mid-30s. Yeah, okay. Joel dated McPherson for a brief time shortly before becoming involved with Christy Brinkley. Okay, so I, that's, that, that's great. That validates wow. what I've always that's wondered. on Wikipedia. I've been carrying that around for almost 20 years trying to assess... I love Elle McPherson because she always, I always felt like she was the supermodel that wasn't stuck up. Uh huh. Uh huh. She had to tower over him. Totally. Well, so did Christy. How did uh, Billy Joel, you know? <laughs> anyway. I'll tell you what, in, in the, uh, in, um, in a matter of trust, uh, the, uh, the, whatever the Russian album's called mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. there's a documentary that comes with that. You should yeah, get it. I've seen it. I, I, I Christy Brinkley was so annoying to me in that documentary. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no wonder they got divorced. She's really annoying. Well, and he's an asshole. <clears throat> and that's not a good combination. I mean, she's, she's beautiful, but it can't be easy to be married to someone who trades on their looks their whole life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know. Pilar must have it rough because uh, Poor Pilar. <laughs> I trade on my looks all the time. Okay. So, and so it goes. Is that yeah, what we're Yeah. And hearing? so it goes. It's a beautiful, beautiful ballad. It closes out the album, but it just imagine. A uh, 35-year-old Billy Joel singing to a 17-year-old El McPherson. It's a 17-year-old one of At date best. Date a 35. Oh. The rules are different when you're rich and famous. And beautiful. I guess so. Every time I've held a rose 
It's a nice song that I don't like anymore. Yeah. Because you ruined it. You ruined this and you ruined that uh, Billy Squire. Yeah. Sorry. Man. Yeah. And then you had That's Not Her Style. But we're going to move on. Okay. Got the last studio album by Billy Joel. Yeah. Yep. Got the last one. Here's a confession. I had never heard this album until preparing to come talk to you. Really? Yeah. Never heard it. It's it's got some solid stuff on it. I, I actually didn't mind it at all. I'd always heard it was bad. Oh, that's not true. Well, that's what I'd heard. The album yeah. cover's bad. Christy drew it. No yeah. wonder they broke up. <laughs> I think that's actually a really sweet token. I'm, it makes it even sadder that they didn't last, I think. But yeah, I'd always heard it's bad. It's one of those like R.E.M.'s monster that's in every thrift store for 25 <laughs> cents in yeah. the world. And so I just assumed that it was garbage, you know? So I never bothered. And then getting ready to talk to you, I was like, well, I guess it's time for me to check out River of Dreams. I really liked it. Yeah. And it was so nice because it was like, he hasn't done anything in years. And it's, it's like uncovering this buried mm-hmm. treasure. Oh, there's more Billy out there that I didn't even know existed. And it's good. It was so nice to hear from him. I can't believe that the guy actually said, this is my last pop album. I'm not writing any more pop music. Yeah. And stuck to it. I know. I know. Like, this is what, like, I mean, okay, what do I, how do I want to say it? If, if this is what you do, doesn't he have songs in his head all the That's time? That's what I always wonder. And lyrics? And yeah. Is he jotting those down? Is he just pushing them out of his head? I get the impression that he probably has some of those things recorded for his own use. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I wonder if he's the type of guy who's so stubborn that at this point, if he did do that album, he's been asked about it in every interview for yeah. 25 years now that he's like, I'm, he's just not going to give anyone the satisfaction of knowing that he yeah. did that album. You know what I mean? I would love it if he did a U2 and all of a sudden, boom, in my iTunes, there's a new <laughs> Billy Joel album. That would what? be great. That'd be great. I mean, does he not, does he not, does just performing fills the void? Probably, probably. Um, I don't know. That it, and alcoholism. I mean, it would be like if Stephen King said, I'm not writing anymore. I'm not going to write a book anymore. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it's work. You know, I mean, yes, yeah. it is still, it comes maybe naturally to you. I mean, let's be, I mean, by the time, River of Dreams to me, it's, obvious, it's often been told that it, it sounds like an older guy starting to run out of ideas. Yeah. And it does. I mean, you, I can feel that to some degree. Um, so maybe he just was. Maybe he doesn't have faith that his new stuff is as good. He doesn't want to tarnish a legacy. He doesn't care. He makes buckets of money just doing mm. these monthly shows, you know? Yeah, true, buckets. And he doesn't want to give anyone the satisfaction of thinking they broke him into finally doing that album he's been saying he'll never do. <laughs> true. You know? So the um, I remember uh, when Billy Joel and Elton John were pissy with each other, um, Elton said something like, Billy doesn't write enough music. And then Billy said, Elton writes too much music. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, I did not I did not like, I'm really not on board with the first single, though. I don't like the title track that much. Oh, I didn't mind. So here's the deal. When In 1992 or whenever this came 93. out. 93. Okay. I was on my Mormon mission. You know, those Mormon missionaries that you see out there, mm-hmm. the name tags and stuff. Yeah. I, was, I was doing that, and you're not allowed to listen to secular music. So... That was another thing. Like, it kind of missed me, mm-hmm. you know? It came out when I couldn't hear it. I would hear that song in, like, restaurants and stuff or whatever. And when I came home and thought, oh, I can finally catch up with that Billy Joel album, I was more interested in other, you know, the Beastie Boys and The Cure and other cooler stuff that had come out while I was gone. So I just never went back and thought my yeah. taste changed right. after that. Well, that makes sense. But I didn't mind that song. I like it, you know? But I, it never... I heard it in the background. It was never... 
on the radio every I'm five minutes. Use the thing. It's 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 a, it was another gimmicky mm-hmm. song for me. Well, that's what I mean. He's been leaning on gimmicks really and truly since almost Glass Houses. <laughs> you know, as great as that is, that's his rock album. Yeah. And it's his serious album. Yeah. And it's his retro album. Yep. Everything has a theme. It's never just what's coming naturally. I still love it though. It does. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, let me start out with. I'm just going to start out with the first song that. Um, the, the opening track. Yeah. No okay. Man's Land. I, that was one of mine, too. I've seen those big machines come rolling through the quiet pines. Blue suits of bankers with their baubles and their valentines. Drums aren't good. Are they not Liberty? Only on one song. Mm. The drums on that aren't good. Yeah. They don't, they're not popping. They're not, mm-hmm. it's, uh, let me see if I can find out who is doing the drumming. It's a good drummer. Who? Uh, Zachary Alford. Oh, sure. But uh, yeah, it's just not, Yeah. just not doing it for me. I do like that song though. It's got a great chorus. Yeah, I like that song I like a lot. the black lady singing back rep. Yep. I always love that kind of stuff. Yep. So, um, I'm going to go, that was one of mine. I'm going to go with blonde over blue track three. I think that one's kind of fun too. Yeah. I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Some days when I'm far away in a lonely room in a cold seclusion. Some nights when I'm wound so tight, there is no release. There is no solution. In hell, there's a big hotel where the bar just closed and the windows never open. No phone, so you can't call home and the TV works, but the clicker is broken. But in the darkness, I see your light turn on. You know by that like psycho knife yeah, stabbing that, cool. keyboard yeah. thing yeah there's a little bit of that in we didn't start the fire when he says uh he talks about psycho goes, yeah but it sucks in that one goodness because <laughs> <laughs> i'm the only person that likes that song yeah i'm gonna go with i love this song too the songs that i like on this album i love them mm-hmm. and this is one of them all about soul it's a good one she turns to me sometimes and she asked me what I'm dreaming And I realized I must have gone 
Let's hear the B-side. Oh, okay. You, you picked a real bad time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I ain't the kind to turn away from you when something's on your mind. But you had to know. You just had to see. I'm having my troubles, baby. And they're all too much for me. You picked a real bad time. Don't get me wrong. It's fine. It wouldn't. It's not missing no. from the album. It's no. a B side. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, do you have another one? No, those are those are pretty much it. I'm good. Not famous last words. It's. I put that on there just in case. I mean, it's. I guess it's sort of interesting that that was his famous last words, mm. basically. You know? Yeah. Well, we're not done yet because uh, in 1999 there was a song on the uh, on the Runaway Bride soundtrack mm. called "Where Were You Where Were You on Our Wedding Day." It's a remake of some. It's bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> you on a wedding day You did me wrong and now you must pay Whoa. Whoa. Give me back my ring who, who cares? That, I don't like that's it. not even good enough to go on Innocent, Innocent Man, Man. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Then in 2007 He recorded a song for whoever his then wife was Yeah. Uh, it was a single It was called All My Life Really? I have a little intro before we hear some of this, though. Hey, you. It's a seagull stinkaroo. All my life. Hi, Frank. This is I've putting me asleep. This whole world I don't understand people's desire to make music like this i don't either you know what i'm saying i can back in frank sinatra's day sure because that's what i did right but why do people someone do you really sit at home and think i can put a fresh take on this kind of music <laughs> there's no fresh take no on this music. so what why why do it well no one's heard me sing these songs it was always yeah but we can imagine the song's five minutes and 19 seconds it's of this just, crap. i wouldn't i won't live till the end 
just how long I'm I'm gonna go. sing like this for you. I can't deal with that. For you, John. Can't deal with it. Rock solid (laughs) is the podcast. So look, for you. (laughs) What's your favorite Billy Joel album? Did you say it? Uh, I would. Glass houses. Glass houses. We're cool that way. Yeah, I mean, it was fun rediscovering Piano Man. Piano Man. Yeah. And glass houses too. Yeah. Nylon curtain <laughs> isn't bad if you're Craig Smith. <laughs> um, but let me ask you this. Honestly, this is kind of the thing. Harry Truman, Doris Day, <laughs> Red China, Johnny Ray. No, go That's, ahead. Okay. Uh, this I'm is done. bad. I'm done now. <laughs> this is bad. Go ahead. Um, does Billy, so what I was going to say is that I, I feel like Billy is going through a career reassessment mm-hmm. and that his stock is falling, um, that... And it's falling in a way where you're beginning to, you being younger generations mm-hmm. or anyone paying attention or caring, are starting to think, kind of like you do with Cameron Crowe, like, he hasn't been good for a while. Was he good at first when we thought he was good? You know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. is it, and is he really just a schlockmeister doing like show tunes yeah. and different I, I, uniforms? I, w- I will say that I don't think <clears throat> that, I don't think that young people are going to, seek out the Billy Joel catalog. Right. I still think they will, they will seek out Tom Petty and Bruce uh-huh. Springsteen and Bob Dylan and, yeah. you know, the doors, you know, yeah. and Pink Floyd, I think, but I don't know if Billy Joel has that, that at all. I agree. I just don't think he does. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't. I, and now, now should he, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely gems in there that I love. I just don't, I just don't know. Well, I mean, we all love him, but like, like I said, Elton John still has some street cred. Yeah, and he his does. voice is blown out. It hasn't been good in years. Yeah. He hasn't put out a good album in years. Yep. Not one that matters, right? And uh, but he he's still going up, and he's still a list. He is, and I was I was mentioning like Phil Collins. You know, Phil Collins is going through sort of a career mm-hmm. recontextualization. He was overexposed, disappeared. For so long that people were like, I kind of miss Phil Collins. Yeah. And now that he's back and his health is poor. He's not dead yet. He's not, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. So it's fun. It's like, we're happy to hear from Phil Collins. Yeah. It's great to have Phil Collins back. Yeah. But Billy doesn't generate that kind yeah. of endearment or, you know, uh, nostalgia or whatever. And Billy Joel never looked cool. So you're not going to, you're not going to be going through albums and be like, hey, who's this dude? You know well, what I mean? Well, he looked cooler than Phil Collins did. Well, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I just don't. I don't think it's there. I feel like it's it's falling. And in retrospect, these albums, as fun as they were, because we were there mm-hmm. for a lot of them, yeah. I don't know that they hold up artistically. Hmm. Do they hold up? Uh, I think Craig uh, compared them to Paul McCartney in their. You know, does his solo stuff compare or hold up as well as a Paul McCartney solo album might hold up? Well, I mean, I, I, I do think that... Because uh, Paul's got a lot of dreck in there too, but there's still something to it. There's still something to it that gives it this sense of it mattering or it being, you know, artistically... All I can all I would... If someone said, if, if, a, if a younger person asked me about Billy Joel, I'd say, listen to Piano Man, The Stranger, and Glass Houses. Yeah. And then if, if you enjoy that, mm-hmm. look at some other stuff. But that's, yeah. those are the three that are the best for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, there are, we've established there are great songs. I just don't know that they matter. 
Uh, yeah, because he he's already he's had his jukebox musical. They, there's a musical mm-hmm. moving out that mm-hmm. has all the Billy Joel songs in it. So, does he have a song, for instance, that would make like Rolling Stone magazine's top 100 of all time? Yeah, you think so? What one? Yeah, uh, Piano Man, the song no one can stand anymore. I don't know what it. I don't know yeah. which one. Captain Jack. I don't know. That's I don't not. Know. I don't. That's kind of an obscure hit. He. I mean. I mean, just I've loved these days and uh, all the. I mean, I yeah. love those songs are fantastic. Well, that's why so I, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. That's why I picked so many songs that weren't the hits because I feel like we're, we've heard all those. We're sick of them. What's the next layer down? Yeah, you know, is there the next layer down is really good. It is really good. It is. It's so. not a stinky onion. No. Anyway, it's a sweet that's, sweet onion, <clears throat> sweet onions. But yeah, I'm just I'm wondering if he still matters. We've been recording for five hours, and I finally killed that gnat that was flying around. <laughs> I thought it was like a fruit fly. Maybe there have been was. one or two fruit flies or whatever Maybe floating around our I heads all night. Um, that's because your head looks like a melon. That's probably <laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's um, okay. All right, look, let's do some promoting. Where can we find you? The Hustle Podcast. The Hustle Podcast. Yeah, it's wherever fine podcasts are sold. We are coming up on four years by the time this comes out. That probably will have come and gone, but um, yeah, still trying to make it happen. <laughs> you know, what does that mean? What does that mean? Still trying to make it happen. And you're on iTunes. You're under music. Yeah, music podcasts. Yeah, I'm gonna. I wanna. Do you wanna? Have you read any of your iTunes reviews lately? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. How are they? Uh, Most positive. Do you have any bad ones? I have one bad one. Uh, maybe two and what's interesting actually I have two I'm writing and a bad one right, I'm writing oh, a bad okay, one okay right thank now. you no, I have two and they are almost word for word identical but supposedly from different people and I've wondered if that guy just I don't know didn't feel heard enough what concerns me is it's the one that comes up as most helpful because it has like five <laughs> or six thumbs up on it and it's basically like John talks over his guests and too many wows and, uh, and interestings or reallys or whatever we haven't uh, we haven't had one for two weeks, and I'm pretty sure that we read this one the last time. Uh, I think Kyle was around. So, but um, uh, I love I love. Uh, I mean, I don't want a bad review, uh-huh. but I embrace reading it because sure. who goes out of their way mm-hmm. to hate you so much? Well, the only people who go out of their way to write reviews are the ones who love you or hate you. It's either like it's either or. No one comes in with like a three and a half star. You know, there were parts that I really liked, but there were some things that I thought you right. should work on. You're no right. one does those. No, you know, it's all it's I love everything or I hate everything. That's true. I That's almost true. wish give me like a three or four star. Yeah, like, I, you know, it's not quite good enough for five, but at four, most of the time, this guy hits a double every time yeah, out. Right, pretty that's, solid. That's I would take that. Yeah, that, that would be honest criticism. Yep. You know. All right, uh, we are at Rock Solid Show. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Kyle is at Kyle Dotson. Funny. Uh, go to uh, Patreon patreon.com forward slash Rock Solid Podcast if you want to support us on Patreon. Go to RockSolidPodcast.com for all things Rock Solid T-shirts episodes. All that good stuff. Uh, keep listening. That's the best thing. That's the most important thing. Keep right. listening. Keep downloading. And we're going to play out with probably Billy Joel's uh, quintessential signature, signature song, song yeah. which would be Piano Man. Your daughter will love this part of the show. She'll be happy. Because it's over. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
o'clock on a Saturday A regular crowd shuffles in There's an old man sitting next to me Making love to his tonic and gin the bar is a friend of mine he gets me my drinks for free and he's quick with a joke or to light up your smoke but there's some place that he'd rather be 